I have a procedural question. Yes. I'm very sick and I'm tired. I've got some nighttime cold medicine right in front of me. Chug it. Well, should, no, I mean, that's I, not even a question. Chug now or later. No. Don't do it now. Chug. Um, chug. First of all, chug. I'm never going to take any advice that Steve yells at me. I'm asking Jason. I, I would say drink it after the first round. Oh, that's, that's good. That way we can compare and contrast. I just, I don't know how fast acting it is. Can I pick this moment as my favorite moment of 2017? Children, I mean listeners, I mean children, use cold medicine responsibly. Tony out. The Incomparable, number 387, January 2018. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and for this first episode of The Incomparable, for 2018, we're going to look Woo! back <gasps> at 2017. Oh, um, what a good year. Um, I it, it was a year that, that happened, and <laughs> joining me are a wonderful group of people who are going to talk about uh, things they liked from 2017, and also we're going to look back at the incomparable in 2017, and I'm going to introduce them in the order in which... Well, let's see. I have a list of all of their appearances on the Incomparable Network in 2017, and I am Gasp. going to introduce them in that wow. in the order from most appearances. I, of course, have the most appearances on the network. I appeared on the network almost 200 times. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. This year. Almost. There aren't almost. that many days. Something is that to, all? Something to shoot. Well, there are, Monty. There are 365 of them, but but something to shoot for for next what? year is, is 300 <laughs> appearances on, on The Incomparable. Um, and so I am your host, Jason Snell. Um, also joining me with 114 appearances on the network in 2017, Erica Ensign. Wow. Holy cow. Yay. I mean, hi, Hello. Jason. It's nice to be here yet again. Yet again. Also <laughs> here with uh, with 96 appearances on the network in 2017, Dan Morin. Oh, hey, how's it going? I, I feel like I've, I've moved down a notch, but I'm happy to cede that place to Erica. Sorry, it's still it, it's still a lot of appearances. Uh, some might be surprised, <laughs> although I am not, because I'm looking at the list. Uh, with the third most appearances on the network in 2017, we're joined by Monty Ashley. Hello. Surprise. 84 <laughs> appearances by Monty. You start a podcast uh, and you get more appearances because you host that podcast. <laughs> that helps a lot. That's the trick. Diabolically clever. Next in, in line is Scott McNulty, who is not here because Aww. he didn't want to be oh. here. Hi, Jason. I'm Scott McNulty. Hello. No, you're not. Hello. That's a damn dirty lie. Hello. Um, uh, however, <laughs> right just below Scott in the order. What was Scott's number? Uh, 78 appearances. Thank you. 70 appearances, though, will get you Tony Sindelar. Hi, Tony. I'm so tired. I mean, hi. I mean, hi. Hi. hi, nerds. Hello. Hello. Sixth most appearances on the network in 2017, David J. Lohr with 59. I'm hi, shocked. David. Hello there. It's good to have you here. I, I'm always here. With 46 appearances on the network in, uh, in, in 2017, um, the but the the eighth most appearances I believe as a panelist on the main show, Brian Hamilton. No way! I, I I thought I would be higher up in network overall, but lower in main show. Huh? Just goes to show you stuff. Makes you think. <laughs> I, I'd like to thank listener Lucas, the official statistician of the incomparable, for uh, providing me with these numbers as he always does. Thank you, listener oh, Lucas. Oh, listener Lucas. Yeah, thank exactly you, listener right. Lucas. 
Aline Sims, who appeared 39 times on the network in 2017, and uh, including uh, eight times on the main show. Hi, Aline. Hi. I feel like um, my last quarter, I, I need to finish stronger next year. I need to really concentrate on those uh, October, November, December appearances. I didn't introduce Steve Lutz. Why, why would you? Why start now? I don't know. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve Lutz appeared on the network 36 times. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What I lack in quantity, I make up for in a complete in a lack, lack of quality. quality. You got That's right. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 2018, right. we did it. Nope. That's 2017. There's we haven't done 2018 else on yet. the show. Anyway, the 10, the 10 um, most uh, common and comparable uh, panelists include everybody here for this year, plus uh, John Syracuse, who's not here, Moises Chuyan, who's not here. But the uh, eight of the top 10 are here right now. How about that? And that's everybody. Hate you so much. Bravo, Hate you so much. everyone. Uh, let's Wait. talk about... Wait. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> who, who, what is Point that voice? Point of order, Chairman. How can that be? Actually, I, I should say... I, I should be more specific. Ten of the top twelve are here because Tony, number eleven, and Glenn Fleischman, number I don't is not here. Sorry, Glenn couldn't be with us tonight. It's a shame. I will fight your erasure. I will fight it to the end of my life. You know what though? I bet if you lined up all the clips of him talking over the course of the year, it would be longer than the oh, yeah. runtime of all of our podcasts. The, the number of, of clips it, that I'm going to play tonight from because this is also our clip show uh, involving Glenn is enormous. <laughs> it is outsized given the number of appearances. He I'll made. also point out that I listen to many episodes I'm not on because I'm not on many episodes, and the time number of times my name is invoked in vain <laughs> or as exactly. some sort of insult is really exactly rather. Glenn, Remarkable. Glenn only appeared yeah. on 25 episodes in 2017, but really, what, More than that what would be appearances? Lethal. What appearances they were? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just watch oh, me in 2018. Just watch out. So before we ta- do, before we play clips and talk about our favorite things from the incomparable for the year, our tradition is to try and pull out a few things that we liked: uh, books, movies. TV shows, podcasts, whatever, things that we liked in 2017 that we want to mention and recommend. And uh, so we'll go around and do that first. Erica, do you have anything you would like to say a nice thing about? I do. Unlike all of the previous years when I've done this, I actually have a list of things um, that I discovered this year and enjoyed in the world of media. Uh, I saw a few movies, some of which I talked about on the podcast and some of which I didn't. Um, The ones that I really enjoyed would be Thor Ragnarok, which was kind of recent. Wonder Woman, which, yeah, I did a whole podcast about. And uh, Mm -hmm. Atomic Blonde little movie you may or may not have heard of Mm, interesting some good stuff at the movie theater Mm -hmm. Uh, but i also discovered some tv shows that were not necessarily new this year but they were new to me this year uh miss fisher's murder mysteries which people had been talking about for years i finally got on that train and it is every bit as delightful as everybody said uh if if only just for watching the costumes i mean the murders are great too but oh the set design the costumes that was that was worth sinking into um, I also, like many other people on this podcast, uh, watched The Good Place, and I don't think I loved it as much as some folks did, but I did enjoy it <gasps> enough to watch all the way through all of the episodes that have existed, and I will continue to keep watching. So, that's good stuff. Um, this year showed me the very first season of The Great Canadian Baking Show, which is Aww. the Canadian remake of the you know, Great British Bake Off, which is known as The Great British Baking Show in North America. And the Canadian version is not as good because the judges, guess what? Too nice. They're Canadian. Ah. Yep. Yep. They're too polite. 
I wish that they were a little bit uh, more critical because they're judges. They're supposed to be critical. But anyway, uh, it has Eugene Levy's son, uh, Dan, as one of the hosts. And I think he is wonderful. So that's nice. I can't wait to see Battle Poutine. <laughs> wait, no, that's uh, that's Iron Chef Canada. I'm sorry. That's totally different. Yeah, You can only stack Tim Horton's donuts in a certain number of arrangements before you run out of possibilities. <laughs> they did have to make donuts. Ooh, Do you have to yeah. have like, yep. robots battling with poutine for that one? <laughs> Would yeah. watch. Would no, watch. Good to me. <laughs> um, I also finally, I very late watched the first season of Stranger Things and the first couple episodes of season two haven't found time to finish that off, but I really enjoyed it. So eventually I'll get to that. Uh, and probably the thing that I was the most excited about this year was I had heard people talking about a little show that is both uh, filmed and set in Alberta. Is it Caillou? <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. This podcast is over. That was fast. That was one of my favorite things from this year is when I kept asking you if it was Caillou. It was not no. Caillou. That's not on my list. No, <laughs> no it's... Uh, Never Caillou. It's a, it's a show called Winona Earp, which is about oh, the, yeah. uh, <clears throat> the great granddaughter or granddaughter of uh of Wyatt Earp who inherits his gun and apparently all the people he killed have come back to life as revenants or zombies and she has to kill them all with with the gun called Peacemaker and send them back to hell and it is a show that is just unabashedly fun there's a little bit of camp to it it is the most of the leads are women and it, it they have wonderful relationships uh with each other and with the men on the show and it just yeah i'm totally gonna go on a, a location tour next oh. summer because it's through only three hours south where they shoot uh i will be doing that in the summertime not in the winter when it's 30 degrees below zero <laughs> like it is when they apparently shot the, the show that's hardcore yeah. So yeah, Wine on Herb. All right. Highly recommend. Dan Morin, what are things that you like this year in twenty seventeen? Uh, I should say last year. Last year. This episode's totally year. from right, the perspective right. of twenty eighteen. Hello everybody. We're, we're in twenty eighteen now, this. am I right? Just after midnight. We're totally yeah, still alive in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen is amazing, everybody. They know they're <laughs> in twenty eighteen, Dan. No, no, they're if you're hearing in this, it's twenty eighteen already. Oh, the they should be reassuring me here. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't uh, understand the concept of this episode at all. <laughs> it's a very timely. I, I think this is a little future. too high concept for I don't want to talk about time travel. Or at least for me. Happy New Year, everybody. Drink more cough syrup. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Can somebody draw me a diagram? <laughs> so, uh, I too went saw a couple of movies that I enjoyed quite a bit this year. Uh, Eric already named Thor, which was excellent, and Wonder Woman, and Atomic Blonde, which were all good. And I would add to that... Um, Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's uh, World War II movie. Excellent. Um, it's fairly short for a Christopher Nolan movie, too, which is nice. Um, but it's really effective. It was it was fantastic in the movie theater. Um, great use, uh, great cinematography, great music all around. Just uh, like a gripping movie. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the other big oh, Marvel yeah. movie this year. Also excellent. Surprisingly good. The third time they did Spider-Man. And I feel like <laughs> this is the best one so far. Um, Just keep trying. <laughs> Yeah, it did really bolstered by having Robert Downey Jr. in there as well. But Tom Holland was fantastic. Uh, and it had one of the best sort of uh, plot twists I didn't quite see coming uh, that really, really worked uh, of any movie I think I could, I've seen in the last several years. Um, and I would add to that, I think what might be my favorite movie of the year uh, was The Big Sick. Um, which is really, really funny. Uh, it was just a, a great comedy um 
and uh kumail nanjiani is is fantastic uh he's very very funny if you've seen him on silicon valley um this is you get to get a lot more of him and it's it's very affecting it's a very good movie uh on tv uh you know erica it's funny erica mentioned the canadian bake-off because this is the year that i actually watched all of the great british bake-off and sort of got addicted to that i'll blame my girlfriend for that um but i really enjoyed it it went from a show that made me very very tense because people would like (laughs) the first episode i saw like someone forgot to turn their oven on and i was like (gasps) what's happening um but i i managed to relax into it and we watched basically four seasons of that in like a couple weeks (laughs) Um, (laughs) nice I also enjoyed The Good Place. Star Trek Discovery. There's a Star Trek show. That's on right. TV. Oh, my God. Not yeah. How TV. did I forget that? Not on TV. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty good. Um, and it's season's not over yet. Uh, but I, the first half of it I thought was excellent. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching the second half. And it's delightful to have Star Trek back on TV. Um, uh, the Good Place, Erica mentioned. Uh, a couple shows had seasons this year that I really enjoyed. Master of None. Uh, season two was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple standout episodes. I'm thinking particularly, uh, we just rewatched the Thanksgiving episode on uh, Thanksgiving of 2017. <laughs> so great. It's a really good episode. Um, there's also the, uh, the New York episode, which is seen from a different uh, variety of different viewpoints, mm-hmm. which is also really good. And it just had sort of a nice uh, through line through that entire season. Uh, not to mention ending with some stuff that uh, felt very topical. <laughs> um I also really enjoyed the last season of AMC's Halt and Catch Fire, um, which was a show that kind of came out of nowhere and had a rough first season uh, in that a lot of people felt like it was just sort of uh, a weird pastiche of sort of the Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak origin story. But it really turned into something else over the course of its run. And so the final season does a, a really nice job of wrapping up where all these characters go, goes in a very different direction than I expected great performances all around just uh, really elevated the material um i also thought uh, agents of shield had its best year yet including an arc at the end of the season involving basically like a, a virtual reality setup that really put a fresh spin onto the entire show uh and that's amazing again for a show that started out really weak uh and managed to get better every single year uh, and I will say that the, uh, surprising even myself, I recently watched The Punisher, which is not a character that I care about, and yet a show that ended up making it strangely compelling. Hmm. Um, really was surprised at uh, a lot of that and how, and, and John Pernthal in particular, I mean, if you watch Daredevil where he first appears as that character, man, that guy is basically spot on casting for that role. He's really very good. So I was surprised how much I enjoyed that. And I just kind of watched the whole thing in a sitting. And I uh, will just add the last thing for TV was that I have just this evening or in the past. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this is Early, totally tripping me up. Toward the Earlier end of 2017. This, at the end of 2017. Just go with it. You could do it again when the episode comes out. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of The Marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon and oh. quite enjoyed them. So looking forward to having finished that by the time this you don't, Yeah, you don't get out. to talk about that show. You only saw two episodes of it. Save it for someone else Fine. who's going to mention it later it. and goes at the end because he's nice because he's the host. Anyway, <laughs> what else? Anything else, Dan? Uh, books, a couple quick book things. Uh, Robert Jackson Bennett concluded his Divine City series with the City of Miracles, which was excellent. Uh, another series that I felt get, got better and better as it went along. Um, 
make a noise about Michelle Baker's Borderline, but I know someone else would probably talk about it, and A Closed in Common Orbit by Becky Chambers, which I liked even better than her first book, and uh, uh, John Licari's memoirs, The Pigeon Tunnel. I really got a kick out of that book. Uh, he has had an incredibly interesting life, and if you want to read his bizarre anecdotes about everything from being you know, in war zones to having dinner with Rupert Murdoch... Uh, to dancing with Yasser Arafat. It's a weird assemblage of stories, but it is is fascinating read. And then on the, podca- uh, the podcast listening side, uh, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but my girlfriend also got me into Dragon Friends, the Australian improv show where they play D&D, and it's about the funniest thing I have ever listened to. So I will put that down there. The ending of season three of Dragon Friends is the most amazing thing I have ever heard. <laughs> and it is a story I cannot tell to anyone because I would never want to ruin what happens in it. And I will also promise to anyone who has listened to it, I will never do that to you in a game that I run. <laughs> See, <laughs> I was, now I have to I was thinking that you would do that. That seems like just the kind of thing you would do. You know what? It is It is too mean, but also too brilliant. Uh, it's beyond the realms of my capabilities. But I will Now you're intrigued, you aren't you, listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I can endorse. So go go Dragon check Friends. that out. Great. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Monty? Like Erica, but more so, I liked The Good Place. <laughs> fair. Uh, fair. The Good Place had its season one finale towards the beginning of 2017, and it was great. And season two has also been great. Everybody has been telling people to listen to watch uh, The Good Place without knowing anything about what's going on. I'm still saying that, but I'm starting to feel like we should just tell people what the twist is, but I'm not going to. I had it figured out because you guys thought you were being clever and talking about it on Slack <laughs> and you really weren't. Sounds so. like us. That is the, uh, the incomparable brand name. Thought we were being clever, but not. Also, <laughs> jokes. <laughs> if, if I hadn't known that that was coming, I don't know that I would have actually stuck with it and watched oh, the, right. the whole first season. So I think this is a case where if you do get spoiled, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. The twist in the final episode is really, really good, but it's not the only good thing about the show, is no. what yes. I will say. There's a Very whole true. place of good in that. I was on an episode of the podcast Extra Hot Great where I went into detail on the season one finale, saying specifically why I liked it. So I will not go into that here. Uh, Other TV shows I liked very much this year include Riverdale, which I did not expect to like as much as I do. Uh, It takes the standard Archie characters, your Archies and Bettys and Veronicas and Mooses, and turns them into a CW picket fence town where... Things are dark behind the scenes. But it's really good. I really enjoy Riverdale. A show on Netflix I enjoyed a great deal is called American Vandal. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's kind of a parody of true crime shows like the radio, the podcast Serial or Making a Murderer, but done with the lowest possible stakes one can imagine. <laughs> Every, the writing is so specific and the acting is so good that by the end of the first episode, I was very invested on who drew all those dicks on those cars. <laughs> and it kept me guessing through the entire series. It was really good. It twists and turns without being infuriating about it. Everything yeah. has its place. And by the end, when you look back at all the stuff you've had to endure emotionally, it you feel so satisfied. It is one of the best things I've seen on TV. It is a humorous homage to the to the genre while also being legitimately compelling, telling its own mis- fictional mystery story. 
Yeah. And there's a spot partway through the season where you find out that the episodes you've seen so far have now been seen by the people on the show. And you, your first thought is, oh, no, what's going to happen? Yeah, that that's going to happen. Sure. <laughs> the, you, the results of the show are logical and well thought out. Yep. Um, I did, did, of course, watch a whole bunch of competitive reality shows for the podcast I host, The Villain Edit. Um, the only one I will mention now is Forged in Fire, which <laughs> is about people making knives and swords oh, in forges. Buddy. And it is so oh, good. Buddy. It's a really good show. The reason it's good is that, like the Great British Bake Off, everybody there is nice and helps each other. And the judges are smart and know things. And it's amazing that you can make one of these shows that isn't all about people yelling at each other and hating each other and sabotaging each other. And also, everybody who makes knives or swords tends to be my kind of geek. <laughs> like, they all come out and I go, SCA guy, SCA guy. Oh, he's a hunter, but they all get along. It's fun. Um, I did watch some movies this year. Um, I liked Spider-Man Homecoming. I liked Thor Ragnarok a lot. I don't know if that's a dramatic reveal or anything. People have probably <laughs> heard about it. <laughs> but, you know, it happened this year. It was a fun movie. The advertising campaign, I think, spoiled the best reveal in the movie, and that was a shame. Mostly what I did this year was listen to podcasts, both Incomparable and Others. Of the Others, I continue to listen to every second of Comedy Bang Bang a lot. Uh, the Adventure Zone got to the end of their, mm. like, well... 69 episode arc, the balance arc, with a three-part finale where every episode was one and a half to two and a half hours, and it made me cry several times. It just wrecked me over and over again. It was so good. And that is all of the things I can think of. All right, that's good. You are not... Uh, I, I know at least three people who have said that the finale of the Avenger Zone moved them to tears. So I'm I'm on like episode 12, so I got a ways to go. But that was great, Monty. Tony. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I feel like I can list things that people have already listed. Uh, we got three Marvel movies, and I would say they were all pretty good. So that's pretty good by Marvel standards. People have already mentioned Thor and Spider-Man, and I guess technically Guardians 2 came out this this year also. So clearly that is the third least favorite of those three. <laughs> but but you know what? It wasn't horrible. Uh, people have mentioned Atomic Blonde. Somehow a bunch of nerds have talked for like 25 minutes about things that happened in 2017 and haven't mentioned The Last Jedi. Um, depending on when this airs, I'm not sure if we're allowed to like that movie or not. The internet seems... <laughs> <laughs> Jason, make sure to edit this to provide us with necessary political cover. Um, I'm just going to say it's an imperfect movie. I enjoyed greatly. Um, yep, that's there we nailed go. it. Nailed it. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, if you <laughs> want to listen to, I don't. I, I, we also don't know how many episodes about the Last Jedi we will have released at this point. Somewhere between three and six, Tony. <laughs> that's interesting because I think of the Force Awakens as a perfect movie that I didn't really enjoy that much. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, movies. Uh, books. I don't read as many books as you smarty pants kids. Uh, but I did read, uh, Artemis, which was, uh, it's okay, Tony. I forgive the you. The second book by the author of The Martian, uh, which I enjoyed. I also read this book that somehow has not been mentioned. Uh, perhaps oh. you've heard of it. Uh, The Caledonian Gambit. No, no, I think you got, oh, the, I think you got the name wrong. I think you got the name wrong. That's not what it's called. Uh, sorry, at all. the Cambodian Hamlet. Um, <laughs> that was great. The Somnolient uh, family. Something the Hamiltonian Nanbit. The state of Denmark. 
Corodian Shallot. Uh, a book that I was legally obligated to read and also enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Much television has already been mentioned. I don't feel the need to echo or add to anything, especially because most of the stuff I really enjoyed this year was stuff that one of you jerks made me watch and that worked out okay. So good job, jerks. Uh, I did watch a lot of animation stuff that I tend to watch a lot of. So I will mention that because we haven't hit that a ton. Uh, there were, I think, technically two plus two half seasons of Voltron released in 2017. I don't know how you do the math on that, but uh, Voltron continues to be good. Uh, there's a new uh, DuckTales show, which is very delightful. Uh, and it, it like it manages to be like both kind of a loving tribute to the old DuckTales show, but also uh, the comics that uh, came before it. Uh, I cannot watch an episode of it without singing the theme song. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'm a cold hearted monster. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, there was also a, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, a fifth season of Samurai Jack aired in this last year, which is a, a cartoon I very much love that aired in the early 2000s. So there were seasons one through four, like 15 years ago, and then they came back and did season five, at, which was a continuation and a wrap up of the, uh, the, the show, um, and which took place, I believe, roughly 10 or 15 years after the previous seasons. Uh, that was very interesting. I missed this completely. Oh my God. I yeah. Check this out. Check that out. Um, if oh, you yeah. Were you need me, to watch that. In the early 2000s, you love Samurai Jack. Yeah, and yeah, so, yep. uh, also, let me warn you, there's some other stuff coming past me. Uh, wow, this, never mind. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, animation stuff that happened this year, uh, the, uh, the Ninja Turtles animated, 3D animated show that started in 2012 wrapped up. Uh, I think I'm one of the, like, few people on The Incomparable who's very into Ninja Turtles, but I, uh, I very um, much enjoyed it. I'm Thank wearing you. Ninja Turtle. <laughs> pajama pants right now. Aline, you're on the good list. Everybody else, you got work to do. (laughs) I've got an original Eastman and Laird Raphael on my wall. Does count? Monty, you're Monty. You don't have to keep proving it. We know who you are. I can name all (laughs) the turtles. (laughs) I will also mention that we are halfway through, at the end of 2017, halfway through the final season of Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is delightful. Uh, I'm now kind of reaching the point uh, with Star Wars ancillary media to, you know, especially given that this movie, The Last Jedi, which all you nerds forgot about, came out. Lots of people are like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Where can I get more Star Wars? <laughs> I, I am now... Uh, I am. This is a thing that has been posed to me multiple times in the last week and, like, from people who have only seen the movies. And it, I am now, like, really split. Do I tell them, go watch Rebels? Or do I tell them, go watch Clone Wars? And I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, so Star Wars Rebels. It's great. It is... I think you get more out of it if you've seen all of Clone Wars. But that's, like, you know... Yeah, you'll That's get more a lot out of to life. Slog through. You, yeah, you know what? Yeah. You'll get more yeah. out of life if you watch all of Clone Wars. So you know, I'm not here to. I'm not here to make your life easy. I'm but here to make takes, it better. It takes more time though, so it's a kind of a trade off. Yeah. All right. I feel like I've talked for a long time and really fast. I'm done. All right. David. Okay. Uh, so I can I can skip through a whole bunch of stuff because you know Atomic Blonde. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, a a flawed movie which I enjoyed watching, The Last Jedi, uh, The Good Place. You're not really uh, skipping them. No. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just naming them. I'm not Lighting going around. on about them, right? Uh, the the Miss Maisel, uh, Artemis, uh, which you know a heist story. Of course, I'm going to like that. Um, I really enjoyed Radiance by Catherine Valente, which is a, a book Serenity told me I had to read, and she was right. Uh, Barbary Station. 
uh, uh, an excellent first novel, Thor Ragnarok. IQ by Joe Ide, Ide, I think. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, it's a mystery novel that uh, it turns out Scott also read it. I didn't know. I just found it by accident. And it's, it's a really clever clever mystery novel uh i really enjoy the the planning for our new podcast caillou or not um uh, it's, a, never a, it's, 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 it's never caillou it's never caillou is there i would I like not, not. <laughs> um a, a little movie called atomic blonde uh a book called the caledonian gambit which yes i was contractually obligated to read uh i'm currently lawyers currently reading well and one of my one of my very favorite things this year has been going into bookstores and signing copies of the caledonian gambit <laughs> david you're supposed to buy copies of the caledonian gambit you you misread the contract moon glow by michael shaban uh francisco francovilla put out another black beetle graphic novel called karabocek which if you enjoy pulp heroes in the 40s uh oh and one of one of my favorite experiences of the year uh a podcast serial by mac rogers called steal the stars which uh they did with tour publishers and as part of it they did a tie-in novel which honestly is just good as a novel by itself by nat cassidy who also acted in in the show itself uh, but it broadens it out and really you know it's not just hey i'm going to write a book based on a script it is its own thing uh so yeah check those both out uh and of course star trek discovery which i was a little cool on at first and then really came to love all right Brian, what are your faves of 2017? I cannot believe I'm the first person to bring up Baby Driver or Get Out, which were my two favorite movies of the year. Uh, Baby Driver is an absolute blast. Uh, there are a ton of movies where the music means more to me than the things that are happening on screen. And I think Baby Driver is the best of them because let's see how geeky we can get. It is mixed perfectly. You can hear everything clearly and loudly, and the music is as much a part of the movie as uh, everything else in a very, very important way, in the, not just the plot, but in the pacing and everything. I think it's a wonderful movie. Uh, this is a movie I want to own on Blu-ray immediately and then crank it up as loud as it can go, and I want another mix of it, which has no other uh, diegetic sound at all, just the score, just the music. That's something I want. Uh, Get Out, I think, is better than Baby Driver in a few ways. I, I cannot decide between the two as my favorite movie of the year but get out is uh excellent excellent throwback to uh classic horror movies with the most modern twist i can think of in ways that i'm not going to spoil here but i think get out is a absolute landmark in horror movies uh this is one we're gonna be talking about for a very very long time for so many reasons it's one of the most important movies i've seen in a very long time more recently the disaster artist is uh such an excellent movie i was terrified when i heard that james franco would be the person to tell tommy wiseau's story but he did such an excellent job and very obviously loves The Room. Uh, as you're listening to this on New Year's Day 2018, everybody, you can go to uh, your local cinema and see The Room, the actual original 2003 movie, and uh, you know pay real money to see it and go see it in a theater, and it's going to be excellent. But in the meantime, go see The Disaster Artist, which I think has one of the best performances of the year in James Franco, while also being a really sad story. This is a movie that's not just for uh, diehard fans of The Room like 
I am. Uh, this is a really touching, sweet movie with a lot of really weird uh, comedy in it. And once you see it and you're uh, super obsessed with the story, you can go see The Room in real life on January 8th uh, around cinemas this year. Uh, musically, I, I think I'm the first person to bring up an album, too, am I? Um, the Spark by Enter Shikari is uh, my favorite album of the year as well. Uh, it Enter Shikari is a angry English uh, metal band, but on this, I think their fifth album, they have turned a lot of that down and really amped up their songwriting skills to make one of the best kind of like crunchy pop albums I have ever heard. Uh, it is an absolute blast and I can recommend it to almost anybody. Uh, I will echo Monty about the Adventure Zone. Uh, I cried a lot and I uh, it, it's my favorite fandom I've been a part of in a very, very long time, the Adventure Zone. And I don't think The Witness is 2017, but it's like far long enough in 2016 and I discovered it this year that I'm comfortable saying The Witness is one of the best video games I've ever played. And I'm done. All right. Aline. What are things you liked? Um, Splatoon 2 for my Nintendo Switch is something that is completely eating up my life. We literally, we bought our Switch in uh, September and we still don't own any other games. Uh, We just play Splatoon 2. (laughs) Um, I hear Zelda's good. I think my mother-in-law is giving us that. I think my mother-in-law has given us that for Christmas. Um, But uh, I will, I will. Go check with my husband and see whether that happened or not. <laughs> so hard to remember. <laughs> it's Christmas so hard to remember. Ago. Right. Yeah, it's so hard. Um so that's that's like my my video game pick, um, my one and only. Um TV, uh starting with cartoons, uh like Tony mentioned, Rebels, um Steven Universe, nobody has mentioned yet. I feel like oh, this year oh. we haven't had a yeah, Brian. I feel like we haven't had a ton <laughs> of Steven Universe episodes this year. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I haven't gone and looked. Um, but I, I I adore Steven Universe so, so very much. Um another one we discovered recently, if you like Steven Universe, is Star versus the Forces of Evil, which is this really um I've been told I I don't like Adventure Time, but I've been told it's like Steven Universe meets meets adventure time so if either of those are kind of in your wheelhouse uh you might like star versus the uh forces of evil um the good place is my favorite tv show now um we didn't watch it until it came to netflix i love it the great british bake-off i was also very late to the game on um and the master classes are also very good um uh, I have a genre of TV that I watch called Pretty Dress Shows, um, and um, they're not necessarily good, but the costuming is always interesting and frequently beautiful, and those shows are The Crown on Netflix, Victoria on PBS, and Rain, which is like this CW show about Mary Queen of Scots, but it's a CW show about Mary Queen of Scots, so you can kind of know how historically accurate and um, how much soap opera drama is in it, just based on those words. Um, and I also watch Poldark, uh, again, on PBS. Um, so those are some of my my favorite TV shows right now. Um, we didn't watch a lot of movies this year, but nobody's mentioned Coco yet, which was beautiful, absolutely stunning, gorgeous, neon palette, surreal um, movie, which I adored. I can't wait to own it. Uh, Thor, I liked. Of course, I liked Atomic Blonde. Of course, I liked The Last Jedi. Uh, I did a podcast about that. If you want to hear my thoughts 
more, more thoughts on that. And then books, um, I have to mention the inheritance, um, series, not the inheritance series. I have to mention, um, the broken earth series yeah. by NK Jemison, which we have talked mm-hmm. about extensively, um, on book club episodes. Um, Artemis by Andy Weir, I thought was really, really good. And, um, I won't, I won't even talk about the main character because it's it's maybe a little spoilery for people who don't know what's going on going in, but I loved that book um, quite a bit. Um, I also listened to Victoria Schwab's Darker Shades of Magic trilogy, which I thought was excellent. Um, I'm going to, uh, again, mention The Arcadia Project by Michelle Baker, which is a very delightful, um, I guess it's considered urban fantasy series that I absolutely love. Um, Jason, I'll let you talk more about it. Um, (laughs) And um, a book that was actually written in 2013, but I listened to this year was um, Yang Si, I think it's Yang Yang Si Chu's The Ghost Bride, which is this, um, a, a girl is, um, well, just read it. It's, it, it was really, really well written. <laughs> just read really, it. really just beautiful. Read just read it. Just read it. Um, she actually, if you get it from Audible, I don't know if Audible is a sponsor or not. Um, last time I said they weren't, they were. Um, but get it from Audible because she actually reads the Audible book and she does a fabulous job on it. And, um, of course, Dan's book, Dan, cover your ears. I really loved the Caledonian Gambit. Um, I'm not saying that just because Dan's my friend. Uh, yeah, but really did you? You signed any of them? I did not. I am not. I, I do not go to David David Lore levels of friendship, but um, <laughs> I did. I did greatly, greatly enjoy the Caledonian Gambit, and I'm excited for uh, sequels. Hint, hint. <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> and that, that's that's my high level quick list. Uh, Steve, well, did you like anything this year? Oh, I didn't do anything that anybody wants to hear about this year. All right. Just like every year. I'll talk about it anyway, but I don't think anybody wants to hear about it. Uh, Yeah, I played a lot of video games this year. My quest to play every console game up until they get too large and unwieldy to stick on my hard drive continues. Um, Last year, I was up to about 1982. This year, I have made it to mid-1986, so I'm playing some actual good games now, which is nice. But (laughs) the, uh, the console collapse of, like, 1983 makes perfect sense to me now. It is uh, it was dark times, man. Really dark times. You got any uh dark horses? Stuff nobody's heard about? Oh, I probably do, but uh I haven't like really written them down or right. <laughs> There there isn't anything that comes to mind right now, so the answer is probably nothing that you would be that interested in, but I'll give that some thought. Um best game I played this year probably was uh Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, a game I will probably never finish, only not because I got bored halfway through and quit like uh, pretty much every other 3D Zelda I've ever played, but because I spend all of my time in the game climbing up every little hill to get a better view of the gorgeous <laughs> landscape. Um, it's, I mean, it really it's more of a, a hiking and free climbing simulator to me than it is a game, uh, which is awesome, man. It's great. Unlocking the map. It's a topographic map, which just uh, ticks all sorts of boxes for me. Reminds me of this game that I had on the Apple II when I was very small called Wilderness, where you were uh, your plane crashes in the middle of uh, a forest somewhere, and you've got a topo map, and uh, it takes about 30 seconds for the screen to refresh. Breath of the Wild is great. Everybody's already said that, but uh, but I'm, I'm really digging it, and I will be playing this game for a long, long time, I think, because uh, following the actual plot is not something I've been prioritizing, although it seems like it's pretty good, too. 
Um, Brian mentioned albums. I didn't even think about albums, but I was excited that Slow Dive finally put out another album after something like 20 years um, called Slow Dive. And um, shockingly, it's it sounds like it could have been made like a week after their last album came out. It's really, really good. If you like Dream Pop or you enjoyed uh, My Bloody Valentine and their ilk back in the day, it's well worth checking out. Uh, good stuff. Nice sort of ambient feel to it. I like it. I watched a couple of movies. Um... One of them's already been mentioned a bit. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I really enjoyed. I also really enjoyed the first one. Uh, I feel like 2 is probably not going to be as rewatchable as the first one because I don't think the Echo stuff, or the Echo, the Ego stuff uh, is uh, is going to be as interesting on repeat views as some of the stuff that goes on in the first one, which is a lot more varied. But uh, I really dug it. I uh, I think the, the level of um, humor and adventure, I think the mix of that is just about perfect in those films. I really, I really dug it. And that movie did the impossible, which was make me feel sympathetic for a character played by Michael Rooker, uh, which <laughs> <laughs> here, here is is kind of amazing, um, and I also uh, a little late to the party on this one, but I finally got around to watching Moana early in this year, and wow, that's a great movie. Uh, mm. If you haven't seen that one yet, it's it's gorgeously animated. The story's great. The songs are wonderful and fun. Um, you got Jermaine Clement singing a song, which is uh, a reason enough to watch a two hour movie, in my my opinion. Enjoy Rio too. Oh, oh. is he in that too? Yeah. yeah, he's the villain. He's yeah. great in Rio. He's is he really? okay in Rio, too. I haven't seen either of those. <laughs> Maybe I should. You should. Um, <laughs> TV-wise, like everybody else in the entire world, I watched The Good Place Season 1. Uh, it took me about three, four episodes to really start to enjoy it, but I I did enjoy it by the end. I I love that the the final twist I thought was was remarkable and Probably the most interesting way to set up a season two that I think I've ever seen on a TV show. You know, I, I, I didn't rave wildly about it, but I, I really got into it by the end. Uh, and finally, after a lot of prompting from Jason, I've watched You're the Worst season one, uh, which I'm not sure I think is funny necessarily, but wow, <laughs> is it good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't gone back to watch season two yet because I haven't been in a right frame of mind for it, but I will one of these oh, days. Fair it's enough. a good season. It's a good after yeah. I, Binge some yeah. painkillers or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony's um, got some cold medicine. I, I'd say, is I, that right? I think, I think it gets yeah. funnier in season two and season three, and then season four is right mm. back down to not being so much funny wow. as tough, but great, good. Great ending, yeah. though. Yep. I, there's a little bit, there's a lot in season one that hits a little close to the bone <laughs> for some people, <laughs> oh. uh, from oh. what I hear. Oh, oh my. Interesting. Um, but it's... Uh, it's good stuff. Definitely worth the watch if you have a strong stomach. Um, read a couple of books, uh, something called The Caledonian Gambit, I think. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's always kind of exciting to read something somebody you know wrote because there's always the possibility that it's going to really, really suck and you're going to feel horrible <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, there's kind of a thrill involved in, uh, you know, opening that book and going, oh man, what am I going to say <laughs> if it turns out to be crap? Also in the realm of reading, uh, I realized I was running low on Discworld books that I hadn't read and not wanting the end to come. Uh, I decided to restart them all from the beginning this year. So picked up The Color of Magic and I'm up to Pyramids and uh, they're just as good. And since there are so many of them, I've forgotten everything that happened in them. So it's like they're brand new to me. So that's good. I've been enjoying that. Uh, I picked up the Adventure Zone. I've only listened to about six or seven of them. I actually was a little disappointed they didn't complete the first adventure because I wanted to hear. I, I like hearing other people uh, and, yeah, and how they they treat uh, you know a module that I've read or an adventure. <laughs> I guess they call them now. 
and lastly, uh, this was the year that um, we worked out how to do uh, streaming around these parts, and uh, we've had a lot of fun this year playing uh, playing games of Jackbox Party Pack oh, yeah. with our uh, uh, yes. our various member listeners. Uh, so you know, it's been a fun year of playing with our members. And Steve is Steve again. I'm just talking about Jackbox. Well, I can dig it. So what? Uh, that's pretty much it. That's great, Steve. Yeah. And you know what this means now? We got to ask Glenn. Glenn. Oh, oh, oh is is Glenn here? Someone wake up. Brace Glenn. yourselves. Is he on this one? Well, I spent uh, I spent a good chunk of 2017 living in the 19th century, letterpress printing a book. So I don't know about your fancy talking things <laughs> and movie picture stuff. That's anathema. It's heresy. Uh, I did see, um, I saw four movies that were made in 2017, two of them on planes. They were not made on planes. Two of them I watched on planes, two of them in theaters. Uh, Wonder Woman, I just saw it recently and, um, loved it. Uh, Get Out, I was, I was on my list, Brian, cause, uh, it was, Yay. I don't like horror, I don't like horror films and I'd heard so many good things about it. I went there and I just thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, Lego Batman. I don't think anyone's mentioned that. And I had to double check. It was out in 2017, uh, which I thought was phenomenally great and fun. And of course, Atomic Blonde. I don't like films with lots of violence either. And, uh, you know what? It was, um, it was magnificent. Magnificent. Uh, we already talked about The Good Place, so I won't talk about it more. I love the, that. I just, uh, 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 watched all of the tick on uh, Amazon Prime uh, all of a sudden, and I liked it a lot. And I know people have mixed feelings about it, and it's slow in spots and so forth, but I thought it was very promising in getting the tone right, and also introducing... Um, I don't know. I was really surprised by the amount of emotion they got into it, especially in the first couple episodes, and making the relationships feel real, even in this ridiculous world that they've developed. So um, I liked it quite a bit more than I expected to, based on what other people had said in my previous love for The Tick. The Tick. Um, uh, books. I got a couple books. Um, I read this book. Uh, somebody I follow on Twitter who's very funny wrote a book about um, all the plagues and diseases that have affected mankind throughout or humanity throughout history. So that's fun. It's called oh, Get Well yes. Soon. Get that Well Soon by Jennifer book. Wright. It's yeah. it's a delightful book and it starts out. Um, <laughs> it's a delightful book about plague and disease and so forth. But uh, it's uh, it starts out a little bit. Uh, sort of chipper and light. And I was like, well, this, I don't know if I'll get into this tone. And then she uses it as a great, almost rhetorical device to get you to uh, understand and read further. And uh, it's good. It's a lovely book. Uh, there's a book called The Panatonian Wombat, which I thought was really great. <laughs> so uh, that's all my, that's all my stuff. All Quick, right. see, look, I can be fast. Great. So I've got a, a few real, really quick as well. Um, since I, I yelled at Dan because he only watched two episodes of it so far. But The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is really great. If you're a fan yeah. of Andy Drew and Palladino's work, she did the Gilmore Girls, of course, and um, People Like Bunheads, which I haven't seen, but I know that people like it. Um, it's great. I, I think this is her best. Fast dialogue, a- uh, period piece. Um, uh, I love the plot. I love the uh, I love the lead actress. I love the storyline. I love the supporting characters. Um, really can't say enough good things about it. I think that it treats comedy with respect, and you can believe that this woman who has been up to this point basically a doting housewife is in fact 
the next great stand-up comedian. You can see it in her. It, 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 it manages to put you in that mode where you, you look at her and you see her behavior earlier in her life and you're like, oh yeah, I can see this. And then you see it kind of like come out unexpectedly as she is uh, is uh, left by her husband and a little bit drunk and standing in front of suddenly in front of an audience and begins talking and realizes she has complete control over them um, while she's doing her stand-up. It's, it's, yeah, it's a really, really great show. It's another pretty dress show, too. Well, and what's fascinating about it is it's a show set in the, the Mad Men era, run by a woman, about a woman. It's a different perspective than we keep getting all the time. And I like that. It's a show about comedy that shows comedians, and the comedy bits in the show are actually funny. Actually like you believe they're yes. Yes. funny. That yep. is like that is the most true. remarkable thing. Great. And also, I didn't even mention the um, art direction and the costuming fantastic yeah. the dresses she wears oh my yeah. god yeah, they're, they're unbelievable yeah. unbelievable so check out the on amazon uh, marvelous mrs mazel um i'm gonna put in a plug for a show that ha- has been re- recommended to me for a while but i didn't catch up to it until this year which is um from britain and on i think it's on hulu uh, and the new season is going to be on acorn it's detectorists it oh, is yes. Yes. amazingly good. It is a it is a gentle, wonderful show about a couple of guys in a small town in England who go their hobby is that they wander around in fields with metal detectors. And it's Toby <gasps> oh, yeah, Jones and um Mackenzie Crook. Crook from The Office and he's the mm-hmm. writer of all of the show. Mackenzie Crook is and it's it's just it's is wonderful. That, uh, Gareth? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's it's it's. Oh my gosh. It's detectorous. It is. It is. Um. It is just. It is delightful. It is wonderful. It's. They're not that many. Yeah. It's a British TV show. There's like 18 episodes of it, but I can't. I can't recommend it enough. It, it's. It's wonderful. Um. So check out the dete- detectorists. Um. There are plots, but again, they're gentle. Um. Star Trek Discovery <laughs> was mentioned. I'm very happy to have Star Trek back, and I think that is a uh, was a successful relaunch of Star Trek. Travelers, the Canadian science fiction show, which is just back yeah. for a second season on netflix now um like it a lot it is uh doing a lot with a little in terms of how do you tell a complex science fiction time travel story without a big budget and the answer is you set it in the present day and have everybody have everybody come back from the future to the present and yet it's got such a weird premise and they do so much with the richness of the weird premise so i like it a lot good place everybody's mentioned i still love game of thrones you know i know if you've never heard of that show before uh there it is i i, I recommend it um in in terms oh, of yeah that show yeah you know it's got dragons whatever um my favorite book of the year was borderline by michelle baker it is i guess urban fantasy i keep calling it fairy noir because i love how it feels like a noir <laughs> yeah. a noir detective yeah, story um except there are fairies so it's i and i cannot i mean and the the, the main character is this um cynical and and really damaged person and yet you, you know so compelling to watch what she does it's great um i saw uh, I'm going to talk about the theater for a moment, if only to say <gasps> I saw Hamilton twice this year. It's amazing. Shut up. Did you know Hamilton is good? It is. It's get really out. good. I know. I know. No, get, out as, get, get out as a movie. Get out, get out as a movie. <laughs> is not in first. Hamilton. I saw Brian Hamilton several times this I, year. I saw Brian Hamilton this year too, uh, but not twice. Only once. Um, and lastly, I want to mention um, my one of my very favorite comic books of the last. 10 years is invincible by robert kirkman which is publishing its very last issue in january 
And uh, I took the time this year to buy the t- two of the what will end up being three massive paperback uh, compendiums. Uh, and I read the whole series again from the beginning in, or- uh, in order to work up to this final uh, story arc of Invincible. And I love it. It is a it is a delightful um, take on a teenage superhero who discovers there's a larger world without any any of the baggage of the big uh, continuity of the big uh, comic book publishers and with an ending that is coming in January. So uh, Invincible. It's great. Thanks to Lisa Schmeiser for recommending it to me like eight years ago, but she was right. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Um, all right, that leads us to the other portion of our program, folks, Woo-hoo! which is oh, when we no. when we talk we talk about things uh, that we liked from the incomparable and things oh, that we liked from the incomparable. Yay! cold medicine. And all right, um, peer pressure. And, uh, and listeners, you should take your it. cold medicine too do if it, you want to play it. along. Do it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and, and so yeah, the idea here is if they got things you liked from this year, you enjoyed about the podcast, you can do that. And if you have clips that you uh, of things that were moments that you liked, you can mention those. And uh, maybe I'll play them. Mm-hmm. Erica. Do you have favorites of the year for The Incomparable? I do. Uh, the first one I want to mention, I specifically didn't mention any books during the first part of this podcast because I figured I could just point everybody at episode 377, our autumn reading list, because that's pretty much where I talked about all of the books that I had read this year that I really liked. So All the uh, books. Yep. Yep. All the books. Um, and speaking of books that I read not this year, but that I talked about this year, we finally did an episode on The Dark Tower. Hey. Yeah. 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 How so, did that us? Yep. Episode 374. I don't have any specific clip from it. I just think that it's great that we finally got a chance to do that because we had been talking about it uh, for so long. <laughs> and That was legitimately, yeah. I was going to mention this later, but um, I did the two episodes that included the, the most prep I've ever had to do for a podcast before, which was <laughs> one of them was the Hugo and Nebula because I think we had seven novels that we read this time and they were big and I read mm-hmm, them all, mm-hmm. including having to back up through series in order to read the whole series to that point. But the Dark Tower was the big one and that's why I made you guys wait so long is that i had to read the entire dark tower series thousands <laughs> yep. of pages but i did it I, and so we talked about it yep got at least an hour of podcasting out of that i know right <laughs> don't remind me of the ratio dan of the work Tom i put in but yeah it was good also i do have uh, a few moments that i particularly enjoyed um the only problem is there are a couple of them that i don't really remember what exactly what the moments were or why i enjoyed them oh interesting <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mystery moments. <laughs> Jason has a clip queued up, ready for this. Eric, Erica, Go ahead. You, you, this is where you wrote something down, and uh, uh-huh. then you found what you wrote down, and you're like, "I don't remember this at all, but I guess I liked it enough to write it down." Is that this thing? Is this like That's an annual them. tradition with you now? So I love it. <laughs> totally is. Yeah. So at some point uh, in in episode 100 of Total Party Kill, um, there was a bit where apparently Scott was talking about how he gets kids to play D and D with him. I don't know what that means, but that's what I wrote down. <laughs> Let's see if oh the my. massive computers that drive the incomparable can find that clip <gasps> what's your recommendation for introducing kids to dnd i haven't played in 20 years and i'd like to play with my daughter i often just go on the street and look for children so <laughs> sure. I can see uh, what i do i ask them to come into my van oh my god <laughs> scott the scott. mystery machine no, no. I, w- I would like to join a different podcast please <laughs> roll for initiative <laughs> that was amazing wow <laughs> Now I, now I see why that made me laugh. Thank you, incomparable machine. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Slightly slightly more disturbing than I was expecting, but hey, <laughs> yep. what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, and then in episode oh. 333 of the incomparable itself, uh, I'm not sure what this means, but I feel like my ego might have been getting the better of me because all my note says is Jason says my picks are the best, and I set a high bar for praising him. Huh? That was mm-hmm. was clever and took a little bit of editing. And as an editor myself, I always appreciate when that is done well, and that was done well. Nice work. This is the best. Erica's selections are the best. <laughs> Everybody, she set a very high bar Sickening. in praising me. High bar. <laughs> high bar. <laughs> Yay me. So let this be a lesson uh, that if your clips are all about how great I am, then I don't know what happens then. Then I thank you uh-huh. and that clip gets played the next year. Something like that. <laughs> I hmm. guess. Um, she set yeah, a very that- high bar in picking a clip that praises you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I did. Uh, Next and then year, the very- just a high bar for picking the pick that praises him this year. Oh my god, my head hurts. Mm. Um, my uh, my last clip is one I actually do remember because it happened a little bit more recently, uh, and it was in Total Party Kill episode one nineteen, um, where we were having some some issues with mirror geometry, and there were some, <laughs> <laughs> some complaining <laughs> complaining about hypotenuses and such. This is on my list. <laughs> and it went a little something like this. I'm mm-hmm. so does that, looking to you've got see... the you've got the um force wall extending from the broken mirror, but that yeah, can't be sorry, accurate because it's gotta be bouncing yeah, off I, of the I'm, mirror I'm, behind I'm, it. I know, I know. Uh, all right. Oh my god, so clerics. Many, I am managing so many little buttons and please, layers right now. Please, Dungeon Master, can we have more homework? <laughs> geometry. <laughs> I was told earlier when when a mirror exploded in my face that geometry didn't matter for magic, and now suddenly geometry is totally reflected by mirrors. <laughs> oh my god, I have no imagination. I'm such a nice person in real life, but in a d- in D&D game, I'm an annoying cleric. Do they follow the rules of angles or not? Uh, All right. They do. Jason, and I'm talking to Jason, not Panavar right now. Oops. Oh, Dan, don't Stop. draw. Dan, if you draw another hypotenuse, so help me. I will, I will kill you all with trigonometry. We talked about this before the session. No hypotenuses. Um... Clearly, clearly, Dad! That was me. Okay, so if A is X plus two and B is two X plus three, clearly, then... clearly, the force fields do follow geometry because they're one kind of magic. Magical ah. attacks against the mirrors use a different kind of magic that bounces it back at the caster. I see. Regardless of the angle, because mirrors, mirrors are dicks. Basically, is what you're telling me. <laughs> mirrors Short story. Are, they mirrors are just, yes. and they're going to do the worst. Yeah. Thing possible. Right. Okay, got it. Oh my god. Is, is that, that what we're like? That's what we're like. <laughs> that was amazing. It really, yeah, the, the, the video really captures the whole essence of it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People I listen to that. <laughs> Uh, that is that is it for clips, but just sort of in general, incomparable stuff. Uh, the reason that I get to go first on this little thing today is because uh, I started two podcasts this year, both on the Incomparable Network. Um, mm. My my precious Oilers hockey team made the NHL playoffs, and that got me so excited. I started a hockey podcast called Beginner's Puck, so um, and that's been really really fun. How'd that work out for you? Uh, they actually did very well. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs in the first place, so I was very oh, happy. And this year, well, we just won't talk about this year because <laughs> guess what? <laughs> it's 2018. That's right. We're going to do better next time. Whatever. Um, 
And then also it uh, 2017, which is the year not that we're in, but that we're talking about. Yes, was the uh, was the 50th anniversary year of The Prisoner, which is a British TV show that I like very much. So Stephen yeah. and I did a spinoff of Lazy Doctor Who called In the Village and went through and we're done actually recording it. But even even now, even here in 2018, all of the episodes have not dropped yet. So if you're not already listening, you still can. There's still time. And of course, um, Stephen and I have continued to do Lazy Doctor Who. We did not give up during the, the dreaded black and white recon years like everybody thought we were hmm. going to. Nope, we're pushing through. Ooh. So the, nice. the ride continues. Good. Excellent. Well, thank you. Um, Dan, I don't have any... Oh, I have only one clip with your name attached to it, but I'm sure you have other things that you liked from this year. I did, uh, and I didn't have time to clip everything. I hosted a handful of uh, inconceivable episodes this year, which included uh, a couple contentious moments. <laughs> Most recently, there was an episode in which Lex decided that he was going to enforce his scorekeeping uh, by being particularly pedantic about what a particular answer required. Let's go to the videotape. All right. And this, I'll just point out, this is from an episode not released to uh, general subscribers in 2017, but it was on the bootleg feed for those who are incomparable members. You should become an incomparable member. You won't believe the stuff that we put, we give to members. Oh, it is oh, bananas. Oh, we give it to them good times. Yeah. You know the stuff we leave in the episodes? And here is just, oh, uh, I've got a clip about that, Monty, actually, that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, we have a strange strategies where sometimes we leave things out of the bootleg and put them in the regular episodes um but we'll get there anyway um here is the clip that dan is talking about jason can you identify the character's name one more time the terminator <laughs> the, which model though dan are you gonna, are you gonna I, that? I'll, oh no <laughs> that seems un well there are many terminators in that movie that is true the one played That's by arnold schwarzenegger is the team That's like the starfighter <laughs> it's not his name oh brother <laughs> No, you know what? You know what? No. That should be enough. I'm not going to say Give me 0.83 fractions of a point for that, Go ahead. Go ahead. The role of John Syracuse will be played by Jason Snell. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to do uh, 4.37 points here. I question the legitimacy of this court. <laughs> Wait, you're giving us how many points? Four point three. Well, you would have. Wait, wait, you would have nice. got the movie. Uh, you didn't get the quote. You didn't get the quote. We don't swear on the incompetent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to swear because it's going to make it harder for Dan to edit this episode unless you give us our points. Wow. Uh, Dan, it's your it's your game show, Dan. Oh, now it's my game show. Wow! Remember when I wow. knew that that a quote was from Blade Runner, and I didn't? I was I was a gentleman. Remember that? Wow. Good times. Wow. Uh, really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I never thought it would be snapped. I thought it would be me. Yeah, wow. maybe you want to give us some more points for a Blade Runner answer. <laughs> really probably, uh, you should totally give Jason more points. That sets a great precedent in negotiating with terrorists. In the interest of moving on, we'll say five points for the name of the character, and we'll just move on to round two. Sounds fair. Oh, my God. Oh. 
Hmm. Oh my <laughs> god, that was the best. <laughs> on the bootleg, I'm not bleeped out. I'm just going to be clear about that. There's no bleeps on the bootleg. That is version. true. I, no. That is from the post oh edit. Wow. Yeah, I mean the the members in the members Slack going bananas because like, oh my god, Jason's cursing. Why is Jason cursing? <laughs> it's because of Lex. The answer is it's because of wonderful Lex. Moment. By the way, I'll, I'll just point out that in the credits to Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger is billed as I quote. The Terminator. The Terminator. <laughs> it is true. It is true. <laughs> I feel like I could have been a lot more explicit when describing American Vandal now. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, that was the episode I made a really smart decision to start live streaming, and it really paid off. So that was great. <laughs> um, I also did a live episode of Inconceivable at Emerald City Comic Con last year, which was a lot of fun. And um, uh, in addition to doing the game show... Uh, I did my I did the podcast that we uh, John Moltz and Guy English and I do on Arrow and maybe sometimes on Cheers. Uh, it's unclear. Um, and I got to bring back from a long hiatus the uh, not playing with Lex and Dan to cover Yay! the entire Star Wars saga, which was a lot of fun uh, and included a, a moment that I enjoyed where. Uh, we don't have any clips of this, or at least not currently, uh, where Lex is tries to come to terms with the fact that Peter Cushing appears in both Rogue One and Star, the original Star Wars, even though they are filmed 30 years apart and he looks the same. It's, it's the same governor guy, right? Yep. Him? How did they make him look so old or this, look the same in the prequels? I didn't tell you because I was wondering to see if you would figure it out. Was he not a real character? He's entirely CGI in Rogue One. I mean, there's a really? guy doing the voice and, like, doing some of the stuff, but they CGI'd Peter Cushing. Because Peter Cushing's dead. Long dead. So they CGI'd his face on it. Yeah, no, I was impressed that it worked for you. I uh, It bothered me when I first saw it, but maybe because I knew he was dead. Right. He's the one whose face I kept commenting on. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, as <laughs> Erica mentioned, we also got to do a Dark Tower episode, which was great. Uh, Chip Sutter hosted a Rebels panel, which was a lot of fun. And we caught up on a couple other things that had been uh, long-running potential topics, including the Rocketeer. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Which was really great. Uh, we had our TV show Hall of Fame uh, inaugural episodes, which were crazy and delightful. It's still going and on. And mm-hmm. we also did a um, we did another riff, which included a great moment of Jason playing a bear, uh, <laughs> which, right. which someone should dig up because it was pretty fantastic. I heard there was a bridge party out here. I'm more of a cribbage bear myself, but I'm game. Get it? You like card game puns? I got them in spades. Ah, oh, come on, lady, have a heart. You treat people like that, you're gonna end up an old maid. All right, I'm going. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Shoot the moon? That's right, I'm still out here. Wait, Jim, bear left, bear left. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I will add to that only one other moment, which hopefully we can get some clip of, which involved uh, on Total Party Kill, my character Amlal encountering Suspicious Door, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, proved to may be his undoing. That's like two thirds of the podcast. <laughs> How's he going to find that clip? <laughs> well, there was a particular inciting moment. <laughs> Jason, I want you to play episodes 111 through 132. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moment Dan is referring to is this one that was also provided to us as a recommendation <laughs> from listener Kevin. Kevin. Oh, listener Kevin. Ah, uh, this not like any chest Omlal ever run into before. It kind of handsy. 
<laughs> if it was attempting to hide from rampaging adventurers, perhaps choosing the shape of a chest was a poor yeah. move. Amal is pretty sure this monster is keeping him from some sort of gold in its stomach, so he is just <laughs> angry about that. I think the disguise is classic entrapment. <laughs> you have to tell me if you mimic. That's a law. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you ask. Oh, boy. I can't wait for every single chest and door that Omal comes to from now on. Uh, hello, door. Are you Mimic? Mimic. Wait. D- wait, door, everybody. Are you Mimic? Are you, mimic? <laughs> you have to wait a long time before an answer. <laughs> Thanks, listener, Kevin. C is for Mimic. Yes, that's right. I, I discovered that, that, that earlier today, Omal basically is the cookie monster. Do- that's, oh, yeah. now it's ruined for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's only fine. for people he who for whom cookies. it previously was not ruined. Mm. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so good year overall. Yeah. Lots of great moments. People should just go back and listen to all the podcasts from this year. So I don't think that's fine. It's a lot easier that way. Sure. You could did two riffs this year, by the way. Oh, what? Were they both un- this year? Boy with that's a knife. Impossible. Was Boy with a knife still this year? Yeah, because I took so damn long to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Mm. Oh, we started it in, I think, 2014, and then this year we were done with <laughs> People it. People can check check that out on our YouTube channel. I remember a night many, many years ago where Steve was like, oh, yeah, everybody get their things in this week. Yeah, uh, and it's also really your important. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, oh, I, remember, I remember a time in which I, I trusted Steve Lutz. Uh, yeah. Well, as long as <laughs> maybe by next year we'll have that sweet clubhouse up and running. Monty, you got some favorite yeah. moments? You bet I do, Jason. <laughs> uh, mostly, I liked the things that the inc- incomparable made me watch this year, which I have a short list here. It includes some Batman movies, a John Carradine movie, a David Bowie movie, a I'm going to call it a Marlon Wayans movie. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Wow. No. That's my Seats. favorite quote from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Some spy movies, the second season of Buffy. It's a nice wide range of things that I watched for this podcast. I really enjoyed that. Even uh, Wizard of Mars, I think. I can't remember any of Wizard of Mars, <laughs> so I'm just telling myself I enjoyed it. All right. Well, John Carradine's in it, so you, you surely enjoyed at least that part. Well, parts of John Carradine are in it. <laughs> um, I enjoyed getting to finally... Uh, Make people try to play a game called Would You Like to Buy an Egg? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I have done twice now, and I think it's gone perfectly every time. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I was on the game show podcast a lot because there was a, a real trend towards Trivial Pursuit, which I quite enjoyed. There hmm. was, uh, of course... Um, Random Pursuit, which is great, uh, where we get to, we don't know what Trivial Pursuit game is going to come. There was, uh, Trivial Pursuit UK, which I enjoyed less because I don't know anything about any of the questions that were asked. There was a lot of cricket questions. Um, I did. Mike Gadding. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still still having flashbacks about that. I think, Monty, I think you mean. (laughs) Let's do sporting moments. Which cricketer's brother? This could be good. It's the brother. It's not the cricketer. Perfect question. Oh, it's Glenn. It's It's great. It's Glenn. Could be which Jewish brother was president of the United States. But is it his brother or his brother's mailman? Oh dear. Which cricketer's brother played for Brighton in the 1983 FA Cup final? Which year? 1983. Oh come on, Glenn. Does that really make any difference? (laughs) 
Yep, that was an actual question, not an exaggeration. Um, So Glenn Fleischman is a very intelligent, well-read, well-spoken man. (laughs) But who are you? um, Sometimes tends to ramble on a little bit. No. No. What? No. And in a related matter, one always wants to say the... Anyway, I think I said something really funny and really mean to Glenn, and I would like to hear that clip again, please. (laughs) (laughs) And so you shall. I'm going to yellow living in the 80s. What refreshed the parts that other lagers couldn't reach? Oh. Uh, Let's see. I I want to come up with something that sounds plausible as if I knew something, so it doesn't sound like I just made something up. Oh, wait, I've just undermined mm, myself. My strategy. I'm, I'm yes. seeking my yeah. internal monologue. You said now. that out loud. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say. You have an uh, internal monologue, too? Wow. Oh, you got to be careful. He's in the same state as you. I know where you live now. Nobody's in the same state as Glenn. I know where Monty's Zeppelin landed. Jason, thank you for including all of the laughter. It warms my heart. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that probably four other people had that in their list of clips that they were going to play because it's easily the best burn that I've heard on the show. Oh, it's, period. Very it's, it's very good. And yet, Monty doesn't care. He's going to pick his, his own, own clip. clip. Yeah. I love it. That's right, I am. That was my favorite moment. It's the only thing I wrote down. <laughs> That's all right, Monty. I fully support you. Yep. There's really no reason to be humble about that. It was fantastic. I had two moments written down for the entire year, and they're both from that episode. <sighs> the other man. one just says, Glenn is asked for the name of the alien from Melmac. <laughs> oh, man, that was so terrible. Uh, the alien right. life form from Melmac, he was asked uh, about. The A. Baracus hates to fly in airplanes! <laughs> <laughs> Guys, game show episode 59. It's just terrific. Go listen it's to good. that right. one. Here, here is, in <laughs> fact, I have two more two more <laughs> clips from it that we're going to play right now. Listener Brandon recommends this clip. All right, Tony, you are on entertainment. I am on. Yes, entertainment. entertainment. All right, this will be entertaining. Mm. Who starred on Trick or Treat and was called a prancing poofter by Jimmy Greaves, who then sent him a bunch of red roses? What? what? <laughs> I love this question so much. There's, there's so many things in there that I don't even know. There's that no part thing. of this question that I don't love. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's good. Completely flummoxed by England. I like that. We we don't we don't learn the answer. You'll have to watch the whole episode to learn the answer. And mm-hmm. uh, that's right. And then this uh, listener Brandon and listener David sent this in, which uh, Monty and Glenn just referenced. This is kind of an amazing little clip inside the mind of Glenn Fleischman. What's in there? Good question, Glenn. You're probably the only person out of this group who I think might oh, not okay. get this. Oh. Uh, what? Wow! Oh, okay. I took a turn towards wow. the end. <laughs> not what I was expecting. What was a team member B. A. Baracus's worst fear? Damn it! I watched that show. See? Me too. Oh, oh, no, I watched boy. that show. Know that His worst fear? Did, did I call it or what? Damn it! <laughs> I've never seen that show, but I know this. <sighs> I think I only know it from people on The Incomparable talking oh, about yeah, it I on and around podcasts. Uh, <laughs> that, that'll do. Yeah. You get a certain exposure to a certain Damn it. I mean, of culture just I watched that. the whole series. I know that show. I know the show. Why don't I remember What? The How is it that It came possible? up in every episode. It came yeah, up in every episode? Right. No more oh, nudging. God. Glenn, the entire internet is currently screaming at their podcast <laughs> I player. I know. I'm, so, I'm trying to think. I remember. I know he's Mr. T. 
by knowing the answer to this question that Glenn does not. Technically, technically, by Highlander rules, you are all now two-time winners of Jeopardy. <laughs> That's just how it works. <laughs> Congratulations. Your he wasn't afraid of gold. I'm sure that- oh, oh, you're going to say he was afraid of guns. I don't know. He's put it on guns. my CV. Guns. You ain't put me on no plane, Hannibal. Oh, he was afraid of also, flying. they drove around. Also, Why presumably, he develops a latent fear of like milk because they're milk, always yes. like, yeah, because they're always putting drugs in his, his oh. beverages in order to get I him. didn't remember the flying <laughs> thing. I did not remember the flying thing. I, oh. I still haven't seen an episode of the A-Team. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh. so happy. Oh. I saw like so disappointed in you, oh. I can't go anywhere so, after that. Yeah, I'm I never done. watched it either. <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't know that I watched every episode when I was a child. Well, I hate it when a plan doesn't come <laughs> no, together. I, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> That that is a del- an utterly delightful episode. Yep. So people oh. should check it out. To so people who don't, uh, you know, don't know that or, or or have never partaken the the fact that we do. I had somebody ask me the other the other week, like, "Wow, I just wish there were more, you know, incomparable episodes." There's only the one a week, and I said, "Okay, do you know that we pl- are basically playing games <laughs> once a week when we're not on the episode? It's <laughs> essentially with between game show and total party kill, we've got uh, us playing games once a week in addition to us having a panel discussion about something. So check it, the game show. Nothing." will make you laugh more i think than than the game show thanks. That's, that's a bold claim thanks monty thanks jason hey tony how you feeling you got any uh things you want to mention uh we did another set of uh batman university episodes so that was fun that happens every summer uh because when would you release a vaguely school themed podcast except during summer that's just uh-huh. how branding works uh, we finally finished the Save Off Manor uh, campaign that was <laughs> oh my three years in the making. If you oh, only play, we? if you only play one night every three years, every other every year, uh, which I think that's a premise think, for a horror movie. <laughs> which I think I basically suggested as a joke, and then no one people forgot to stop me, so we did that. Um, <laughs> we forgot, we forgot, uh, because yeah, because when Tony and Dan run a campaign that's supposed to be one night, and we only get one third of the way through it what makes more sense than to put it on hiatus for 11 months play again and then have another 11 month hiatus shocktober which especially which includes a special wednesday night finale where i'm very very tired (laughs) Um, yeah also i say i i come up with what does a crowd of bats say on the spot uh and hurt my voice a lot so yeah (laughs) Yep, my my throat hurts just listening to that clip. No, the best part, by the way, is that um, watching it back to make that bats, bats, bats clip. um, You do it several times, and then you start drinking water because you've destroyed your throat. And then at one point, a little bit later, Dan does it, (laughs) thinking, "Haha, I can do this too." And when he finishes, he looks at you and he's like, "That really hurt." And all Tony says is, "Why do you think I'm drinking all this water?" (laughs) It's great. Yep. Yep. Uh, are we allowed to reference clips from uh, other stuff that hasn't aired yet? Because we uh, we totally started and concluded a campaign of the uh, post-apocalyptic uh, uh, role-playing game Gamma World, uh, which featured uh, Brian and Erica and Aline and Micah. Uh, and D- Jason will now insert a clip where uh, Micah switches places with a robot, causing a robot to blow itself up with its uh, own rocket. That was a good Actually, moment. Tony, the answer is no, you're not allowed to reference that. So, uh, moving on. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I am going to activate my um, my alpha mutation, which I do not know what it does yet. <laughs> reflexive teleport. Oh, uh, 
It is an immediate interrupt. Range so you, 10. So I, a new uh, a new little uh, yeah, gadget has come online in E84 that you did not even know was part of your original design. Six, seven, uh-huh. eight, nine, ten. Yep, I am within ten of it. So uh, the trigger is you're hit by an attack. Mm-hmm. I was Check. just hit by an attack. Um, so I roll an attack at it, and if I hit the target, I actually teleport, swapping positions with Rocketbot A. And that's 21. That's for pl- plenty. Okay, so what's happening now? <laughs> does, he take, okay. does Rocketbot take damage? Yes, it's, let's see, triggering attack hits the target instead and misses me if I'm out of range, so I actually wouldn't take the the original did you just damage? teleport Rocketbot into its own rocket i did that is what happened <laughs> that's oh incredible gosh. yeah let's let's just I rewind like a second uh-huh. Rocketbot yeah. a has yeah. fired a rocket um <laughs> baba bob and atifa are ca- caught a little flat-footed or mud-footed um e84 <laughs> however looks at Rocketbot a kind of makes a little robotic uh, eye contact with it and flips to suddenly be in the air where Rocketbot a was Rocketbot a is disoriented as Rocketbot a is now where the missile is about to hit and Rocketbot <laughs> a is hit by its own missile so it takes those 15 points of damage instead so i will tell you uh Rocketbot a is obliterated by its own rocket <laughs> Yay! Yay! I like that moment, and uh, I, not to put in a plug again, but of course, incomparable members have gotten mm-hmm. to hear the whole thing, and it'll roll out for Total Party Kill sometime in 2018. So, yes, or 2019, or never, or yeah, no one promises. of those, one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those things. Uh, yeah, uh, we also played a, uh, we did another Action Castle game uh, set on a castle, space station. Castle, castle. Uh, station, station, station. Uh, and, yeah, and how do you feel about that episode, Tony? Uh, it was an angry. episode. Um, <laughs> you know, not all games have to end in success. It's something I've learned <laughs> from <laughs> playing with us. Yes, it's true. Something you've learned very specifically with me. Yeah, Brian is so far consistently a bad luck charm for things ending in failure. So. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> be my friend, everybody. Um, you know, good job being a good person, Brian, but be a better player. Um, so, no, um, that's not my brand. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Unless you have any other clips related to Tony that I should queue up for you now. Uh, no, they, it would, if there are other Tony related clips, they will come as a surprise. David, uh, what are your uh, comments and, and thoughts for the incomparable this year? Well, uh, one of my favorite games going back to the game show. Uh, was the Random Pursuit episode number 72. You are rolling like terrible people. Uh, clearly, Steve and I should not be on the same episode where a question comes up about anything involving diphalic. Yes, um, indeed. Especially if the unfortunate player who has to answer that question is Liz Miles. Poor Liz. What does a man suffering from diphalic terrata have? That's the best terrata. Di- Diphalic Tarata. Yes. I don't know. I whatever comes to mind here isn't anything good. Um, <laughs> no, nope, depends true. on who you ask, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. could um, be fun. Yes. So, what does a man suffering from diphalic Tarata have? I don't like. And I mean, it says suffering, so it's probably not good. Yeah, but if I tr- if that is that, I really. <laughs> but what that means, I don't know what Tarata means. But I don't either. First, but, but the first bit of it. I am um, impressed. This is a question. It's I, too, David. Wow. 
I sort of don't want to give the answer that I spit it out, Liz. (laughs) Go for it. If if, if it's wrong, it's really embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But wouldn't that be the greatest podcast ever? (laughs) Just spit it out, Liz. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. I'm pretty sure it would be more embarrassing if you had it than it will be for you to just say what you think it is. Come on, it's right on the tip of your tongue. (laughs) The whole thing. (laughs) Do do you want to type it into the uh, into the window so I can read it out loud for you as as the host? That's not helpful. Okay, serious serious face. Mm-hmm. Ted, I'm in a science class. Game face? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's really bad. If it's ple- um, it doesn't mean he has two penises. Oh my because god, you're here? sick. That is exactly what that means. <laughs> double dong. It's a double dong. It's not a question! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe we Canadians are less prudish than the rest of the world. Oh, did did they say something. suffering from, by the yes. way? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a judgment call that they really yeah. shouldn't be making. Yeah. So. Oh, dear oh. God. But don't Liz- ever ask me anything like that again. <laughs> well, I'm not going to promise anything. Science... Science is just all around us in the world all the time, uh, and we just need to get over our biases. And yeah, your three don't ask me about penises again. Oh my god, I just googled it. <laughs> <laughs> just if you didn't hear that, the, the key, that. The key well, line from Liz is "Don't ask me about penises ever again." She says, for the record, I mean, me saying soon. spit it out there was not me missing Erica's previous saying of that. It was me in awe of Erica for saying that. <laughs> she thanked you for it. I felt it needed to be repeated oh, yeah. because I couldn't believe I had heard it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, you know, I can't believe I didn't even remember to mention Random Pursuit, even though it was on my list of things that I like this year. That has been very fun doing that uh, doing that game show. Oh, yeah, it's it's delightful. It's diabolical, but it's delightful. Mm. It's diabolical delightful it's <laughs> i i also enjoyed episode 52 uh how is the starfleet where we played star trek trivial pursuit and uh she she kept pulling answers out of thin air it was kind of amazing to listen that's to that's called that's called lizzing that's yeah i know it is. i know we yeah. have um, it is. I, I have some evidence one of the one i think of the we things called that it a, there then a listener pointed out that one of uh it's a listener david not panelist david the one what? looked at an awe the fact oh, listener that david not panelist not, david. yeah exactly um <laughs> That Liz, I've never seen him together in the Liz, same room. Um, d- the best part about her destroying us in Star Trek trivia is when she explained that she doesn't actually like Star Trek. <laughs> I love Romulans too, but I had no idea what the answer to that question was. I <laughs> thought just, I love Romulans, just, and I'm just, questioning everything I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm judging my nerves. No, I guess I'm. I guess I'm just fond of them. I oh, hate I Romulans more and more every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, I'm a nerd. Well, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, never apologize. Well, not for that, that, not that good, I Scott. I, I don't know. You're, <laughs> you're making me feel a whole lot better about my nerddom. This is great. That's right. All right, all right. Liz, I, I, don't, let's I, I don't even like this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm, Star Trek I'm, I'm is done. stupid. I'm good. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a new level of bragging. I, I don't even like <laughs> this show that I can destroy you. Like show. show. A little known fact about Romulans? Diphallic. Who knew? Hmm. Go to DeviantArt. You'll find out who knew. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Monty. Nope. 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 
Nope. Um, sp- speaking of being 12-year-old boys, I really enjoyed episode 69, Victorian Parlor Games, the the first the first round of it, uh, where we did all prove to be 12-year-old boys. It was That was fun. Um, I enjoyed doing the Turns Out episode with fake TV pilots, because there are a lot of really bad pilots out there. Uh, with the original, the mothership, uh, I, I really enjoyed getting to talk about the third man and the spy who came in from the cold, uh, and, and two episodes, two episodes of Batman rocket surgery, because I don't think that was originally going to be two episodes. No. Um, but I yeah, are those uh, rocket surgery or were those just Batman? Yeah. Little, no, those are a little from column A, a little both. from column okay. A. <laughs> I wasn't sure what kind of suffering I was supposed to be experiencing. I mean, I, I, I kind of like the fact that the first part is called Batman. Ah! Well, you know, we're quoting, and, we're quoting and, from yes. the best line in the movie, which is... I thought it was just a review of that movie. <laughs> I love that the second part is called, This Movie Ends, Right? Because it just didn't want to die. I I kind of enjoyed Game Show 63, Tales of Glenn, because that was just weird and disturbing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Glenn presents the Glenning Hour featuring Glenn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a game that was won by Glenn, by the way. Glenn told the best story about Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also uh, apparently have a high tolerance for drafts. Good thing to be on this show, yeah. On this show, yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite draft of the year was doing these Star Trek episodes across all the series. That was kind of fun. That was, what, episode 347, I Tore My Pants. Mm. Justin, <laughs> Justin title again. Oh, oh Justin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, Uh-oh. I enjoyed episodes 363 and 354, uh, just one-on-one uh, Jason talking with Dan and Anthony about uh, making the Caledonian Gambit and turning the coldest city into atomic blonde. It uh, was which... weird when he asked me about cold turning coldest city into atomic blonde and answering about the Caledonian Gambit. That's, any... That's why people listen is because they never know what you to expect. Keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. On a serious note, just coming in and playing with all you guys is fun. That's you know that's one of the best parts of my week. Uh, another best part of my week is making more radio theater again. Yay! That's been, you know, just getting back into the groove of that and having the time to do it right. Um, and, and the only other clip I have is from radio theater episode, uh, uh, season 115. It's sort of a, a special which the members got to hear several weeks early. Uh, we did some live shows at No Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. What happened was they do this thing called serials where they do three weeks in a row. Each each play is broken up into three chapters. And so you get to come back each week. And each week there was a bigger and bigger audience, which we liked. And I got to fill in. They said, you know, one of their playwrights dropped out. They said, can you do a radio show? I said, sure. I don't have to memorize things. And yes, we'll do it. And we did a, a fog serial. And as part of it. Uh, I have a chock full of coffee ad and the first week it's just the ad. The second week, there's a little bit of the jingle and the third week, the final week I said, I'm going to do the the jingle properly. I'm going to practice it and I'm going to sing it. I'm going to look out and make eye contact with the audience. I'm not going to look at my script and I practice and practice and practice. And I drive up to Cincinnati and I'm singing, you know, 88 miles one way singing almost the entire trip. 
I get on stage, we're doing the show, the song comes up, the pre-recorded backing track comes on, I get to the last line of the song, and you can almost hear my brain just go for, for about one beat, and then I ad-libbed a, a totally new line that scanned and rhymed. I have no idea where it came from. It's, it's uh, not even maybe a line I would have done in a first draft, but audience didn't care because it ended at the same time as the backing track so if you would like to play that that piece of the song that would be delightful because it is uh, i think steve would appreciate that line uh-oh it's syncopated sophisticated and just in case you're constipated chock full of coffee the percolated caffeinated tree I have heard that line, and I did appreciate it, by the way. I was going to say. You know, the only problem with that fog cereal is it gets so damn soggy. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but each little piece is like a little cat foot. It's so nice. (laughs) It just creeps into your bowl. All right, Brian. Uh, the first things on my list, we've already talked about Shocktober mirror shenanigans, which was one of my favorite things. I took a mirror off the wall at one point and readjusted it to make mm, the beam of light uh, not work anymore. And I thought that was great. Uh, there's a moment in Death House, which I think was this year. That was this year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, yep. When we enter the inner sanctum and a bunch of cultists pop up out of nowhere and immediately i say okay dan uh, i want to do a performance check to throw my hood up and chant along with them and dan was like uh what okay sure and i i thought i was getting ahead of like i'm one step ahead of you dm <laughs> and turns out i just stood there chanting along for yeah. no reason <laughs> yep. i love that moment Role-playing, everybody. Role-playing. On Game Show, my favorite moment that... like I I realized all of my favorite moments are all about me, so I look like the most conceited a-hole in history. Monty and I toast you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club, pal. Yay! (laughs) How long is the uh, clip of Regdar uh, buying a book? Can we listen to all that? (laughs) The whole episode. Again, I refer you to episodes 111 through 132. (laughs) My favorite moment on... uh, game show this year was me on inconceivable with i think it was at least erica and kathy was on my team right for wonder wonder woman <laughs> oh yeah and oh, boy. we spent way way too long trying to figure out how we can fi- we, we the game was we had to add one letter into a superhero name to match dan's prompt and we could not figure out how to turn wonder woman into wonder woman so nope. i had the podcast equivalent of a stroke trying to figure out how the hell this work. We had Wonder Walkman at one point. And at the very end, I go, Wonder, whoa, and lose all train of thought and space out for a few seconds. And it is one of my favorite moments. God. uh. Yeah. All I can think, the only thing that I came up with was that Hippolyta. And that's... It's yeah. All right. Is that is that your best yours, answer? So you get what, final. Yeah, Brian, uh, gets Brian final you got answer. one. Wonder whoa. <laughs> Somebody needs to wind up, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. In. 
I also want to give a shout out to Space Station, which was Space one of the most fun Station. things I've done in a long time. Because we failed miserably and could not figure out how to solve Tony's space puzzle. Uh, what else? On TV, Truge and I, my, uh, my partner Allison Truge is now a part of the network, which I am so, so happy about because we have a few podcasts together. And one of them is uh, an Over the Garden Wall rewatch podcast that we did just for the month of October called Rock Facts. And there is a moment where we talk about the mechanics of how fainting means you're in love with people and truge did a very bad sounding live demonstration of what fainting sounds like and also literally what is love except being so afraid of the other person that you literally faint every time you see them uh, you you've never fainted around me ah Oh, thank you. Thank you. That really inflates my ego now. Come back up to the mic, please. You can't you can't podcast from way back there. Oh, now, well, tr- okay, well, Truge just took off her headphones and lay down, uh, which leaves me to summarize the rest of the episode. <laughs> and she spent a solid few minutes lying down on the bed. It was hilarious uh, because she was fainted. Uh, what else? <laughs> my favorite underrated joke that I did on the main show this year was from the V for Vendetta episode when I make a joke about how Evie evolved into a Vaporeon in the rain. It's very, oh, very God. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really proud of you, that. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what else? There's a really great uh, Victorian parlor games hosted by Monty was some of the most fun I've had in a very long time. Thank you, Monty, for putting that together. I can't wait to uh, do more and hear more. But the number one thing that happened this year to Brian Hamilton on The Incomparable, that means the most to me uh, and really hits me in this in a soft spot in my heart. On the It's a Wonderful Life episode, Dr. Drang, the Dr. Drang called me a smart guy. Uh, <laughs> Brian is such a smart guy. <laughs> he told me I was a horrible person once, so oh, no. I think it's about the same. <laughs> and those are my favorite moments of the incomparable 2017. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hosting such an incredible network, Jason. Oh, so, thanks, Brian. I'm very confused that other people are playing clips in the show now. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> we are through the looking glass, people. What is happening? This show is out of control. Aline. I don't have a written list. I am unprepared for this portion, but I love all of the book club episodes, whether I am on them or not. The ones I'm on are often arduous to prepare for, but I love doing it and I love uh, being exposed to new authors as I've um, often opined in K. Jemison is now my favorite author and it's all because of book club episodes. Um, well, it was actually last 2016, but um, getting to revisit those uh, this year was awesome. I have a whole huge Amazon wish list now with all of the recommendations that uh, the, the autumn book list episode um, had. So like pretty much everything that people had mentioned in there that I hadn't read, which is actually pretty extensive, is on my Amazon wish list now. Um, so I'm really appreciative of that. I love low definition. I love, um, I love all the game show episodes. Uh, we have almost run off the road laughing at game show <laughs> episodes. Um, that's a great endorsement. Uh, can cause car accidents, but, um, but we should have we, a warning label. We should. Um, that's where, and that's part of why I don't have clips f- for this is because I mostly listen in the car. And so, you know, I'm driving and not writing, yeah. but we love, we love the game shows. Million dollar idea. Way to annotate podcasts while you're driving in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Million dollar? Well, 65.50, I think. 
And the anime episodes. I love doing anime club and Miyazaki club and, well, Ghibli club, I guess. And if you told Aline from several years ago that she would be on podcast episodes with, um, like Merlin Mann and John Syracuse and Dr. Durang, she wouldn't have believed you, but, um, I guess Dr. Dring was Pixar, but uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, and I'm excited that I get to do that. And also for me, becoming a regular on Total Party Kill this year was pretty dang cool instead of just the frantic once every 11 months recording Save Off Manor. So um, <laughs> I've loved doing all of that. And I love the incomparable. I've listened since almost the beginning. So the fact that I get to be on these episodes is still kind of surreal, even though I've been doing this almost two years now. It's pretty cool. It's amazing that scott mcnulty didn't scare you away so we're glad to have you it, it really is it really is oh <laughs> uh, thank you aline steve do you have any moments that you'd like to remember huh this thing's still going on huh well i mean this this episode i can't believe it either yeah. but it still is yeah all right i guess i'll say some stuff another couple hours <laughs> Uh, first of all, I just want to say how disappointed I am that we didn't manage to convince some other poor sap to send us free beer this year. So <laughs> I'm going to say that this year has been a disappointment just because of that. Uh, as is why my want, I have uh, some favorite episodes and uh, some favorite moments. Uh, but going last, as you know all too well, Jason, pretty much sucks because everybody always steals all your favorite episodes and favorite moments. It's true. But it's not a draft, so I'll just repeat things. Good. <laughs> Nobody cares. They've all tuned out by now anyway. Mm-hmm. I know I have. I'm sorry, what was that? I wasn't listening. So, uh, favorite episodes. Uh, we'll start with 341, Might As Well Keep Going, which is a rocket surgery about the Wizard of Mars slash Terrors of the Red Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that, because this is, I think, the first time on rocket surgery that we've had to deal with a truly awful movie <laughs> with virtually nothing to redeem it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we hadn't done Batman and Robin yet. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and I think we managed to turn lemons into lemonade. That's a pretty funny episode. I yeah. listened to that not long ago oh, and yeah. thoroughly enjoyed myself. We had to work hard on that one because there was nothing <laughs> yeah. there. Well, we I was so I worried about that episode after watching the movie. I'm sorry, Steve. Turn lemons into what? Lemonade! Thank you. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> Especially not lemonade streams. Nope. Uh, also, um, I mentioned it before, or somebody mentioned it before, but uh, I also enjoyed, even though I wasn't on it, uh, episodes huh. 354, Sons of Caledonia, and 363, From Cold City to Atomic Blonde, for the same reasons right? as that other person. I was right? in David. Yeah, uh, because I think it's interesting to hear creators talk about their process, and especially when they're people you sort of know. And um, now people on this podcast can stop doing creative things that uh, that do well, because I'm really getting kind of sick of being the only person on here who doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, not all of us can peek at the young age that Steve Lutz did. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> Some of us have to work hard to not peek every day, Steve. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Jason, when are you going to do an episode with Steve about Skinflint? Uh, 2018, clearly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, it's on the board never promised yes um let's see oh uh also already mentioned episode 367 batman and also 368 this movie ends comma right question mark uh again not technically rocket surgery but they might as well be they're marked as rocket surgery i particularly enjoyed the second episode on batman and robin i feel like i really worked through some things on that episode (laughs) 
but mostly I found it fun and educational to step into Jason's shoes for an episode, by which I mean feebly attempt to move a plot synopsis along while a bunch of jackasses are constantly interrupting you with quote, jokes, unquote. Yep. Recording. <laughs> Am I on this one? Oh, poop. Yeah. So that was fun. In spite of itself. Speaking of spite, uh... <laughs> All right, not, here we go. Not mentioned yet, episode 375, Sentimental Spite, which was our Disney draft. Uh. Which was a lot of fun. It's one of those episodes where the people uh, on the episode have a huge amount of enthusiasm for the subject matter, and it really comes through in the episode, and uh, that makes it a lot of fun. And I got to insult uh, one of uh, Monty's favorite Disney movies, which he then came back and... Uh, <laughs> spitefully picked so that was good that sounds like me but i don't remember which movie it was uh i said some things about uh, meet the robinsons how dare you yeah. yes there you go. <laughs> <laughs> which i then explained uh, i didn't dislike necessarily but i've been thinking more about how bad that batman line is never mind <laughs> <laughs> it will never stop being like, funny i mean it, it's it's just so bad it's so, i mean the performance of it the writing well, the, of it it doesn't make any sense because he that dramatic batman, music eh. swells around it and then it's like batman eh. he collects his thoughts to identify batman and then has just like a volume level scream like that doesn't make any sense that's not how people react to stimuli um, <laughs> keep in mind these those people are all being um uh held hostage and batman comes in the the window to save them and his response is batman ah! like <laughs> shouldn't it be like yay it's batman he's here to save us no nope. you know what even though he, i mean his performance is not great but i think it would be a thousand times better if he had said ah batman <laughs> jason can we hear a bit of that <laughs> Since we're talking about this episode, I'm going to play a clip that um, some listeners also really wanted us to, to play, which is uh, the, the person who had the most difficulty was not, even though Steve had to kind of like keep us uh, jackasses I think I in know line. where this is going. Um, Tony had a hard time. <laughs> Speaking of which. With, with uh, this, why, this Batman movie. Why are we doing this? Listener Drew and listener Andrew, different people, <laughs> both suggested oh, listener the, Drew and the Andrew difficulties Andrew. that Tony went through. In episode 368, when he was forced to realize <sighs> quite what he was watching. And it went a little like this. So after like six hours of this nonsense, Arnold's car, which is ridiculous looking to begin with, turns into a rocket, which shoots sparks, of course, instead of fire. Yes. And uh, Batman hops aboard. Oh, God, I blocked this part out. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning of the movie. They're going into space, which is the coldest oh. place of all. Oh. Robin somehow attaches himself to the outside and stays out there, although they're flying out of the atmosphere. Oh, no. I remember what happens next. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Tony's having an episode. Oh, no. We've broken Tony. I <laughs> They surf on spaceship tourists. Why? Why is this they air surf. While yelling cowabunga. Yes, That's they right. do. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, so Freeze, Freeze jumps out with his butterfly wings and uh, drifts to Earth. The cultural relevance of 1988, now available in 1997. <laughs> and, then, and then they they surf on the doors of the rocket. Oh, no. From space <laughs> into Gotham City. I feel like the best thing for this podcast would have just been to record Tony's utterances while watching the movie. Although I think it would be just heard it. It was just a lot of oh no. Oh no. Oh no. 
Oh no. <laughs> Tony, is is there someone near you who could give you a reassuring hug at this moment? <laughs> I I'm I'll be okay. I mean, this this movie ends, right? Eventually. It is, it it is not going forever. forever. Oh. oh god, I had forgotten that they yell cowabunga <laughs> so bad. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad that my suffering has brought somebody joy. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, thanks, everybody Tony. wins but Tony. Oh, I, if somebody drafts me watching my clip of that, I'm out. Yep. That's, that's, <laughs> Cowabunga, indeed. Oh, I've forgotten that part of it. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Did you forget the podcast part too? Now you're remembering that you remembered that you'd forgotten. Uh, uh. <laughs> I gotta watch Frankenstein Island like seven more yep. times now. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on from uh, from the Mothership uh, onto the game show, which I was actually on a lot more than this year, this year than the Mothership. Strangely enough, um, I would call out episode fifty eight. That's low definition XI, lesser of two weevils. Oh yeah, uh, I, I would say possibly the high point of the low definition year. Although we did a lot of pretty good work this year on low definition, I gotta say. It's it's uh it's one of those episodes where we ended up playing for like nine hours and my microphone broke midway through, so it was really more like ten. And uh, by the end of the game, it's clear that we've begun to hallucinate. Indeed. <laughs> oh, do we have a clip? We we have a clip that uh, that I put together today that just goes through so many things happened that were bad in the recording of this episode. <laughs> Most of which, if you listen to the regular episode, oh you did not hear. Uh, only the bootleg <laughs> listeners got to hear exactly oh, no. how terrible. What a series of unfortunate events happened while we were recording. And I should note, if you were an incomparable member, you could have heard this already. You could have already. We're going to let you listen to it now. Hey guys, I'm going to need to take about uh, five here, because the cat, who is normally an indoor cat, is now an outdoor cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to assess the situation. I'm going to refill my beer. That sounds like a good idea. I'll be right back. Well, Uh, eventually. Did Steve find the cat? (laughs) The poor cat. All right, I am back. The cat is still out, but what are you going to do? The cat's <laughs> cat still came out. Back the very next day, the cat's still out. <laughs> which which cat, cat out is this? Uh, Milton. Oh, one? Milton. I mean, yeah. all cats are the same cat. Can't you just like get another one? <laughs> this cat has a history of blasting through the screen and uh, making his way out. Is it like oh, a window screen? Is that supposed to be and out? And yet they still open the windows and leave the screen unattended. And then so, expect me to do something about it. So does he like? Yeah, so he like leans on the screen and it pops out, and then he's outside. Pretty much. That happened to our cat back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're right, Once guys. Cats sound like really that. awesome pets. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> they're ho- hilarious. And while you guys are working on that, I'm going to see how the great cat hunt is going. <laughs> By the way, in case anybody is wondering, the cat has been retrieved. Oh, oh thank goodness! Oh, thank goodness. Crisis canceled. Although I, I have to build a new uh, window screen tomorrow, <laughs> and we can never ever open it again. <laughs> so I'm not sure why I'm bothering. How about that? Nope, Ooh. it's terrible. Nope. It's happening. Your microphone may be dead. Yeah, sounds like it's dying. Like, like you got a. It's committed suicide. Uh, it's something it in its mind. A cable is messed up somewhere, like frayed or. It's you, done. Oh, you, with got that, you got that? Uh, you got that USB mic around somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Going haywire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Are you crying? I can switch the other input. You were getting 
problem. I know. Come here. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Mommy, mommy, are you being tortured? Steve's microphone problems are worrying his family. (laughs) That was actually my daughter. Yeah, that's Kathy's daughter is concerned why her mother is on a podcast two hours later. Mommy, are you in trouble? What's wrong? Why are you still on the podcast? They're all worried about you. (laughs) Well, she left to go watch a movie in the local elementary school. Oh. And came back, and I was still... Still here. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Hello, 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 test, test. Hi. Oh. Nope. No. (laughs) Nope. 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 That we just told my son. Test, test. Hello, hello. Yeah, hey, Steve. Steve. Yay. Yay. We were... We uh, right. Chip won. He has forty three points. <laughs> Good job, Chip. Uh, I got to pause for a second. I put my kids. I just need to send my kids to bed. So I'll be back in like Once two minutes. Kids fart, fart. Literally have to go to bed. I'll be back in like two minutes. I promise. Okay, hold on. It's bedtime, Glenn's kids. Grown ups are staying up. You can tell at this point we've reached the two and a half hour mark. You'll understand in a moment. Evil. The lesser of two weevils. (laughs) A prospector's favorite pickaxe. Uh oh, is it time for that? I like this one all right, but this one's medieval. But I'm tricky. I used to have two, but I lost the lesser of my two weevils. I said yeevil, not weevil, you idiot. A yeevil is a weevil, not a feeble lethal lethal beetle. And the beetle in the weevil is the feeble lethal evil. I don't know. I'm working on it. Well, Jason, if I'm not mistaken, that's a yeevil, weevil, butter, battle, piddle, fiddle, fraddle, matter, faddle, fraddle, fiddle, batter, skim, gim, cracky, matter, battle, battle. Fiddlesticks. (laughs) Or screaming yellow zonkers is one of the two. In the name of the spread, I really want to give a point to the lesser of two weevils. Oh, Oh, boy. I don't see how that helps the spread at all. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, that seems more like just a convenient excuse to pick the really dumb answer that she likes. (laughs) I just like it. I just like it. That was a thing. Two and a half plus hours. Just to to be clear, Steve lost his cat. Um, uh, uh, Glenn had to put his kids to bed. Kathy's daughter went out, saw a movie, came back, and was like, why are you still here? This is why I'm terrified to sign up for another episode of Low yeah, Death. Yeah, you should be. Be. Yeah. Join us. Any, Join any us. episode that you sign up for could be the episode you die on. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge kudos to Metric Steven who put that together into a yeah. fairly tight-sounding oh, episode. Yeah, yeah. really good. If you lose the game, you die in real mm-hmm. life, by the way. <laughs> Can't confirm, have died. Yeah. There have been a number of spirited discussions about ways to shorten the low-definition experience, but I'm, I'm loath to implement them, because without no. these marathon <laughs> sessions, we would not have the amount of pan in a thing or the lesser of two weevils. Oh my God, that's the true. descent oh, to madness is what makes the show. Exactly. Yeah, that's what, what the goal at is. What gold, cost, I tell you. Oh, no. All right, moving along. Uh, still in the game show. These have also already been mentioned. 59, we are the world again this is uk trivia oh, um, yeah. for all the reasons that have already been mentioned we learned that glenn knows who the last prisoner released from spandau prison was but does not know that b.a barack ain't getting on no plane <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> also we learned a lot 
a lot about USA for Africa and even more about how lazy <laughs> Trivial Pursuit question writers are. So that was good. 50% of the questions. That was yeah. fun. And of course, uh, episode 72, you're rolling like terrible people. This is the Diphallic Tirada oh, episode yeah. uh, because it's filthy and it's totally the game's <laughs> fault this time, not mine. Yes. yes. When you're set up with a question about Diphallic Tirada, I refuse to be blamed for the fact that things slid rapidly into the gutter. It was not my fault. Um, let's see. Okay, on to favorite moments. Um, one quickie. Uh, I usually uh, yeah, avoid uh, picking favorite moments that involve myself because I frankly think it's uncivilized. But <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> Some people may do that. But in this case... They uh, may indeed. In I'll do case, it again. Can I hear my clip again, Jason? <laughs> 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 In this case, uh, it's really the editor more that I'm uh, that I'm appreciating than myself. But uh, yeah, this is uh, nobody. Believe me, nobody loves a good spoiler horning more than I do. And this this is a back to back spoiler horning that happens in. Did I already say the episode TPK 103 cowering behind a wizard? It's in Total Party Kill, folks. It's pretty great. Uh, Thirteen versus reflex. Oh. Oh no! no. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Note to self: edit, edit point. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, we might as well okay. get it all out. <laughs> Total Party Kill is the podcast I listen to when I'm very, 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 very sad and just want to listen to friends hang out and play D&D. It's wonderful. There's a real art to uh, bleeping out a bad word, but leaving in just enough of the beginning and yes. the end of it so people know that what it yep. was. Right. That took yes. some work. Yep. Yep. Oh, masterfully done. I laughed Thank and you. laughed at Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, on to Game Show 73. This is uh, low def XIV dinosaur jousting with pitchforks. Um, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. doing uh, we're doing our little paperback writer game, and um, I, it was one of the best reactions I've gotten from our our players on a low def session uh, was where I read the actual first sentence of Rodeo Baby amongst the options. <laughs> <laughs> the second Violet Summer laid eyes on the stranger. An unreasonable swell of sexual awareness bloomed. Whoa. Whoa. Oh my god. That's really early in the book. <laughs> unreasonable. That is just I mean it is the third book, right? So we gotta just get in it. Unreasonable. <laughs> if your unreasonable swell lasts for more than four hours. <laughs> Never take boostrophidon again. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, on to uh, my underappreciated joke of the year. Yes, it's back. Everybody was wondering, Whee! and it's here. Oh boy, uh, Monty gets it again. I got to say, Ooh. this is uh, this is from Game Show seventy five, the one that just aired the bizarre click through. Uh, it all boils down to Valerie Bertinelli is the name of the episode. Uh, and he's referencing uh, people from the Netherlands. And Glenn asks where the term Dutch came from. Does anybody know uh, why? Uh, the term Dutch, where it came from? It's uh, uh, Deutsch. German, yeah, it's, Deutsch. Yeah, some kind of corruption. Not corruption. It's a different pronunciation of the thing. It's a West Germanic language. All right, a couple points. Well, there's there. a lot of mobsters named Dutch somebody, and they were all German. They That's played right. a lot of double ah. Dutch. <laughs> they should play half as much double Dutch as everyone else. 
I love that. <laughs> that is brilliant. It works on multiple levels, and it got no reaction whatsoever. I still don't understand. Right? It. You can hear yeah. me doing the math during it. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know whether you intended the go Dutch part of that to, to work out so well, but I'm going to pretend that you did because it's uh it's great because you know you pay half anyway right. yeah. Yeah. yeah oh it's uh, again. Oh. <laughs> the dutch don't like to fly in airplanes i understand <laughs> yes, exactly right because they're afraid they're running into alien life forms named gordon uh let's see another one from the bootleg inconceivable oh, boy. Um, the bootleg is called stop talking about x-men uh, this is <laughs> oh my god that was so great this is from round four this that is not so this is not the clip of jason uh getting pissed off uh, 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 about Lex's uh, chintzy scorekeeping, but he is clearly still a little pissed off from arguing with Lex, and then for the whole game, he has to endure his teammate Glenn's stream-of-consciousness gameplay style every time he's trying to think. And then so great. the second fake-off round begins, and Glenn starts off with another extended digression, and Jason, he doesn't lose it exactly. Instead, he goes full Bob Belcher and just says, oh my god. <laughs> So it could be the union of moneylenders. It could be an order that uses demons as shock troops. Or it could be a bunch of fallen angels bound to silver coins. It's one of those. Team two, give me your answer. <sighs> well, the first one sounds like the uh, origin story of Phantom Stranger. So that makes it seem less plausible, but it's also tied to uh, Judas. So it could be a... Oh, my God. Uh, drive myth. Dan, how do you spell Denarians? <laughs> D-E-N-A-R-I-A-N-S. All right. D-E. Wait, D-E, you said? D-E. <laughs> this changes okay. everything. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's D-I. It's, uh, well, you know, in, uh, X, in X-Men. <laughs> no, there's a Latin word for Latin word for money that got so, preserved uh, to modern times, so, abbreviated as D. Let, let, oh, you know, being on a team Sorry. with Glenn is very interesting. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be just easily distracted. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've laughed at anything so hard all year. Because it's, if you listen to the whole bootleg, which you may or may not get out of the edited oh version God. of that episode, but probably will, you can hear the mounting tension. <laughs> and then just the payoff with, oh my God. That, that's, that's, that's a conflict. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put things together in my head. Um, and what Glenn is trying to do is put things together in his external monologue, and those don't yeah. those, those didn't work out that well together. Yeah. He has an internal monologue too. Oh my! There's a moment in that episode where Glenn refers to that Gary Cooper movie, Ten Angry Men. <laughs> oh That's wrong twice, and I'm not convinced he intended both of them. They must be giants. They must be giants. <laughs> Anyway, that that episode will be out in the game show feed in like two days, so everybody can look for it then. All right, and just uh, just one final clip. Um, I, this actually isn't so much a favorite moment as I just have some questions about it. Uh, this is uh, this is from episode three thirty three. That's how it works. Our twenty sixteen year in review. What? Uh, oh, and no. uh, it's actually at the end of the episode, and it's really Ooh. weird. Jason takes out his recycling, um, which is strange because uh, do you carry a microphone with you when you take out the recycling? It's if anybody would. It's Jason. Not usually, but you know. It's it's so much work to put together this episode that sometimes I'm just carrying around audio equipment with me um, in order to get it all done. And um, it's strange that just I don't even know how that clip got 
on the back of the episode. I don't remember putting it there. It just sort of was there. And a lot of people missed it. A lot of people assumed that it was over and the music played and that the that the episode was done. So they may not have heard it. So I guess we might as well play it. I've got the clip here now. Sure. Might as All well. Right. I'm going to take out the recycling. Hey, Overcast, play last year's clip show. It's interesting that you start a show for the the very brief experience of taking your recycling out. You don't know how far the recycling goes. <laughs> I, say, I say brief, but this goes on for a long time. Do they make you sort your recyclables alphabetically in Marin? Do you like it like, just because you wanted to heckle it while it happened? Because <laughs> I like yeah. this new model. Seriously, look, there's yeah. a lot There's a lot of recycling going on here. I Steve thought maybe this like, was... Get with, get with the single streamer bus, Jason. Well, it's also, he's having to separate out all the stuff that nobody I else did. i got to take it out into the side yard, and then i got to open the gate, and i got to roll it across the front uh, lawn and put it in the street. So you're saying some people thought the episode was over and didn't listen to all of this? It's true. Are you taking out the recycling right now? I thought maybe this was the day after the beer episode, but I'm not hearing any bottles and cans here. Oh! Oh. (laughs) I will defeat the incomparable and they will never draft me again! Well, that's weird. Is that is that your neighbor? Uh, no, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's it sounds like a guy who's in a lot of like uh, like uh, TV commercials these was, days. Oh, that's odd. Was he inside a was he under a sewer grate? Please say no. Anyway, it comes with his own soundtrack, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, I'd kind of. Like he didn't that. get where yeah. he is without showbiz. Yeah. You should probably check though and make sure that your microphone is not still outside somewhere. Okay, yeah, you got to be <laughs> well, careful. I recycle that. that microphone. See, we here in here in Northern California, we recycle our electronics. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. It sounded like you were recycling like three or four people's electronics mm-hmm. there. That's a, that's Pretty a much. lot of recycling. <laughs> very, very conscientious. Either that or you have like a hundred mile long driveway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just had those questions. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't have any answers for you. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Why don't we move on? Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see what Glenn picks. Oh, well, you know, a number of things that I... Uh, I can wait a little bit. <laughs> I, got, I got time. What, how's everybody else doing? I have a clip about me, though, that I think should be playing. All right, well, Auntie endorses uh, this plan, I think. Because, uh, because you know, as, I, as you know, I feed off the pain that others experience in consuming media. That's why we watch Zardos. And uh, there's, a, there's, a clip from, there's a clip from Tiff on episode 62 of the game show that I think you've got queued up. I do. Whoever whoever wrote that, if it wasn't Jack Daniel, you deserve a point for that. Yep. Jack can no longer earn points. He's gone to a bitter's place. Oh. There we go. There you go. There you go. Won't be here all week. What are you thanking me for? Do you run on moans? <laughs> Pretty much. Your, your, pain, your pain feeds me. They Flight made an animated movie about him. That's right. Monana. Oh, no. Keep on. I feel weak. That's bold, Dan. I assumed you were going to go with Monsters Incorporated. Which <laughs> oh. Right. oh. Also solid. <laughs> the moaning floor. Yeah, just uh, just had to make sure that was played in this <laughs> episode. That's one uh, I remember listening to and dying of laughter. And I had to explain to my family everything that was going on. Wound up playing them that clip. They still didn't no. get it. It made me this, so happy. It's nonsensical. <laughs> but great. It, they, your, your pain feeds me is the key line. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff is one of my favorite you know, opponents in low definition, I have to say, because you know, we're foils. Well, she better because she's on every damn episode. Yeah. It's true. It's great. 
Uh, I yeah, so uh, I I don't think this episode was mentioned. Uh, it was really actually it was a two parter episode three sixty seven three sixty eight about Batman and Forever and Batman and Robin because there was a particular clip I really liked from that. Do you have that? Ready? Was it Batman? Ah! No, I don't think. Oh, oh no, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. We haven't heard that tonight, so I thought it'd be good to make sure that kind of that was particularly delicious episodes because um, you know these are movies made with big stars and and large budgets. They're just so thoroughly terrible, and I'd forgotten ever watching them. And then I got to relive through it just it was the incomprehension you had with things like Tony forgetting and and so forth. That's been covered well. Uh, I was uh, I have more serious topics, which I was delighted to hear the uh, the Ray Bradbury or the Ray Bradbury episode, but the Band Book episodes, episode three thirty nine. Uh, I really enjoyed because uh, I hadn't read some of those books for a long time, and I thought there was a really great, nuanced discussion about that. And I'd forgotten that Ray Bradbury was a horrible snob, and that Fahrenheit 451 is not so much about censorship, but about things that he didn't really like in uh, in literature and so forth, which is, I'd forgotten that whole kind of part of it. Uh, the Unbreakable episode, episode 342, um, I never watched the film. I saw a tiny part of it once, and uh, I still haven't watched it because I've been living in the 19th century this year, as discussed. Um, but I'm, that's on my cue. Um, I'd kind of given up on the director, and I felt like uh, that episode caused me to rethink uh, his whole genre, his whole uh, oeuvre. Um, I was also delighted to hear Dan and Anthony talk about their work this year. Uh, episode 382, It's a Wonderful Life. That was an episode I meant to be on, but of course, being myself, I wasn't on it. Yep. I was in second England. Gen- second definition, Glenning. That's right. It wasn't there. It was a surprisingly dark episode. It was kind of amazing uh, <laughs> to listen to. It was good. Uh, the uh, episode, th- I'm going backwards in time, The Dungeons and Dragons, another episode I was unable to be on, uh, despite promising to be there and watching the film, but Jason's stuck in uh, this episode of Dwarf Named Elwood about I was there movie. for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, totally and, uh, were, Steve. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Steve was there. And uh, so I got my, I got a little uh, uh, time at the end. Um, oh, yeah. In fact, that was that was a uh, that was an amazing episode because that, as foreshadowed earlier, uh, led to a very strange moment where there was less content in the bootleg than in the <laughs> final episode. And it went That's a little right. something like this. Oh, hey, speaking of Glenn, Glenn couldn't oh. be here, but he watched the movie and he wanted us to know something. This is oh, the place where I'll that. put in. This will be the place that I put in. Glenn sent in a clip, and if I use it, I'll put it in here. Sorry, sorry, uh, uh, bootleg, you don't get to hear it. Sorry, live stream. So, so now we have to hear what Glenn has to say, even when he doesn't bother to show up for the podcast. <laughs> this is patently unfair. Maybe. <laughs> Now there's yeah. stuff specifically taken out of the bootleg. I like it. <laughs> oh, no, it's right. Now I got to listen to both. It's it'll all be, it'll all be better in the director's. When, when, they, when they call me back to do the director's <laughs> commentary track for the director's edition of, of, uh, of Dungeons and Dragons, we'll reshoot that scene and it'll be great. He's so sad. what you're saying is that if you pay extra, you don't have to hear Glenn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny. Um. Glenn is a box. We're all actually just Glenn. a box. We love Glenn. Yes, we just, just and our listeners. Just uh, and and oh, that's right. He's just the cardboard box will be replaced yeah. by Glenn at a later point. Yeah. So. Though the presence of Glenn on the podcast suggests that perhaps we don't love our listeners as much as we say. <laughs> but we love Glenn. I can't believe Glenn watched this movie. He seems so smart. Um, <laughs> if you How did he win to the Jeopardy? Game show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anybody would watch this movie. <laughs> is Glenn like like lose like unlearning in time? Is that like his time flowing backward for him? Yeah, he's Merlin. He's our very own Merlin. No, Merlin. I think Merlin is our Merlin. 
<laughs> Fair enough. It's a it's a complicated hire. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> I was I was the the time one of the many times that I went to the Slack room and said I hate you all so very much. Yeah, that was great. I like Benjamin oh. Buttons except for knowledge or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. <laughs> wow, we were um, really awful to Glenn this year, you guys. Oh, man. <laughs> so happy 2017, everybody. Thanks to Mr. Matthew, who said that. So the year is a success. I never I brought Mike Lifter the five meanest things I said about Glenn. That was <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that one wasn't in your, in your clip. I need to stress, Glenn, this does all come from a place of love. Oh, I'm absolutely so. sincere there. I just not need to get that out there because yeah. I'm probably going to insult you again in about 30 seconds. Yep. So. Oh, God. I can't tell if this episode is like an intervention or a roast. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to yes. say, in, in all seriousness... I don't laugh this much with anyone else anywhere in my life. I don't think ever. So that alone is worth the worth the price of admission. Could accuse my core muscles, core ab muscles. Wait, are going. we charging David? <laughs> it's for signing cut? everyone's books. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, I got more. I got more. So, Random Trek, I enjoyed, even though a couple years ago we talked about some Star Trek movies in a couple episodes, uh, I really enjoyed Moises and uh, David uh, and Gene McDonald talking with... Uh, with uh, uh, Scott that McNulty, guy. that guy Scott McNulty, about Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which was uh, a delightful, delightful episode. A lot of different insight, um, and it was really great. It's really great. Very recent episode, and it's shorter than the movie. It's true. Uh, this was everyone's been talking about game shows, so I won't bring up too many things because I think we've talked about almost everything. I was somehow on twelve game show episodes this year. I uh, don't know how that happened. So obviously, something. And you only ruined ten. <laughs> That's a new record. I think we've already talked enough about Liz Miles, but it is it is truly a superhuman ability that the longer she talks, the more she knows. It's just I don't know how you do that. It's like she's sucking information from the background radiation of the universe as she speaks and accumulating it somehow, and then can produce. Yeah, it. this is the year that I pointed out that Liz will deny knowing anything about anything, and then within two minutes, she will come up with the right answer. Um, seemingly out of the blue it is something that i uh i'm now calling the two minute listing and it goes a little something like this this is the portion of the of the of the area where we all go oh they aren't going to get this but wait because in like two minutes liz will have it all (laughs) dan is it two minutes later yet it is two minutes later and liz has managed to pull it out i'm being told to do this sting the bell Literally, exactly two minutes later, she yeah, had it. She, yeah, it was that was uncanny the number of times that that has happened. And like the hemming and hawing that she does in the first minute and a half indicates that indeed she does know nothing. And then in the last mm-hmm. thirty seconds, Pops right seconds, in bang, there. bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Incredible, Liz inferential, incredible, inferential <laughs> knowledge. She figures that everything she doesn't know about it, and then whatever's left is the answer. Somehow, it's like, <laughs> and it's, like it's like the information's in her brain. She's just trying to find the right like reference pointer to it. Yeah. She's but the thing that kills a giant me, marble block into the I answer. mean, listen to that Star Trek trivia episode. There are several where there is no logical connection to anything she is saying, and all of a sudden, boop, there comes the right it's answer. Amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah, kind it's of astounding. the opposite of Glenn, who talks for two minutes. Yeah, and, and they have the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's true, but lots of laughs. Lots, lots of, laughs. of laughs. Oh, my God. Uh, the worst moment of the year is when I found that Anthony had to put unjustly maligned on hiatus yeah, because he's actually yeah. got yeah. a busy schedule. Yeah, because he's got a lot of people who want to pay him to be a writer. He's got to write the second Exforia book. I hear that's a, right, a rough it's a tough life. Very terrible yeah. Sad, uh, Priorities, jackass. Come on. Put your show back on. <laughs> Listening to me defend GURPS doesn't pull in the money? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to, to uh, call out the Victorian Parlor as one of my favorite new game shows that we've done in recent years. Uh, <clears throat> I like you know the, I like the board game varieties of things, but I think Monty delving into the past to find out how incredibly boring and confusing people were when they took laudanum and were asphyxiating from gas, you know, uh, Kerosene. Incredibly boring and confusing, raves Glenn Fleischman. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going for, though. <laughs> if you spent most of your days uh, breathing in asphyxiating gas or the odor of manure on the street, this is the game you might come live up with. with Glenn Fleischman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It comes from a place of glove. It comes from a place of, gl- it comes from a place of glove. Yes, there it is. Lots of glove. And uh, and there we go. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, thank you all for loving me that much that you've put me through this. So I've got a few quick things. Um, uh, uh, thanks to people talking about me talking to Anthony and Dan. Those were really fun. A little departure from what we've been doing on episodes. But it's like you know you have your friends. They publish their first book or they got a movie based on their on their graphic novel that comes out. That's a major motion picture. I wanted to do something, and so those were really fun conversations. Um, had a few people ask if uh, sort of uh, late January after the inauguration, if it was a coincidence that we did episodes about Black Mirror v for Vendetta, Fahrenheit four fifty one in nineteen eighty four. Nope. What? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, and I wanted to mention a bunch of people who we saw way more of on the network and also started to see on the main show, uh, including Kathy Campbell, Kelly Gamont, G. McDonald, uh, who else? Uh, Al- Quinn Rose. Uh, Quinn Rose, Allison Truge. Um, Don Melton. We had a little Don Melton action, right? Yeah, we had we, we had we had Don, we had Don on a little bit. Um, uh, Alyssa Frankie, and uh, we had a lot more Liz. Uh, as as evidenced by this episode, and uh, Liz is great, so it was good to have more Liz as well. I had uh, I have a couple of clips, and I have some clips from some listeners to round us out here. Um, sorry, folks, we're out of time. Yeah, sorry, we're going to run over the end credits. Um, so this is this is my favorite moment. I picked one. This is my favorite moment. It is an extended tangent from episode 341 where a desperate Philip Michaels leads us all to begin talking about ridiculous puns in a ridiculous scenario involving Rod Serling. I like to think that this was originally pitched as a a Twilight Zone episode, and he Mm. pitches it to Rod Serling. There's this awkward moment of silence, and Rod Serling says, get out of my office. You don't understand a thing about my work. And then for the rest of the day, Rod Serling just sort of sits there staring into open space, and he, instead of going straight home, he sort of drives around and contemplates what his life is like and, and how how, how badly his his point of view and his artistic uh, 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 goals could have been misinterpreted by this, and and you know he sort of sees a billboard about uh, you know going in and taking a cooking class, and he says, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do with my life now. I don't want to make TV anymore. And he enrolls in a cooking class, and he becomes a very famous chef. And he meets some people and, and goes to Paris and gets a Michelin star. Anyhow, that's what I like to think happened. Keep going. I want to know what happens No, next. no, no. I like to think that's what happened here in Wizard of Mars. 
And then mm. John Carradine appears as a head and goes, you make a sauce. Do a reduction for your steak, Rod Serling. He's just holding the menu down below his head. His whole body is there. He just can only see the head above the menu. Wouldn't you be terrified to order anything from Chef Rod Serling, though? <laughs> well, it's great because the ending always takes you by surprise. Imagine if you will. Pork. Ah, yeah, they keep you in the bag. It's duction. It's Rod Serling's. It's a cookbook. I know he didn't write that one, but still, <laughs> <laughs> the dessert sure. is on the wing. It turns out it was brunch all along. <laughs> <laughs> Submitted for your approval, a mimosa. The check. <laughs> we we don't take credit. I should have mentioned that up front. I'm not very good at running a restaurant. I used to be a TV writer. Then a guy came in and pitched a thing about the Wizard of Mars. And then I started doing this for, for a living. So cut me some slack. I'll take cash, please. I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. He tells this story to everyone. Welcome to Rod Serling's Restaurant. We have one special today. It is the Monsters Are Due on Maple Syrup. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> To serve Manchigo is our cheese platter. <laughs> Time enough at last, which is really just a plate of the herb time. <laughs> I just, I, I wish I had more detail from the Yelp review because it just says it's a good thing. That's a real good joke you made there. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been great. That is my appreciated joke of the year. Oh, good. I just love that. That was you clapping. Phil is just desperately trying to imagine how the Wizard of Mars is a terrible thing that could destroy the universe. And we end up in Rod Serling's restaurant. I don't know. Totally amazing. I don't know how that happened. To Steve, to serve Manchego, I don't even know how to start with that. That was so amazing. Once, you know, uh, blind squirrel, nuts, you know how, how it all works. Yeah, I'm surprised we said anything else in that episode, since we all must have been trying to think of other Twilight <laughs> yeah, Zone I mean, the really, whole episode, right? Really, you'd expect them to just keep coming back. It was like, oh, I got one now, but that didn't happen. Clips from the main show, episode 334. This is a clip sent in by listener David um, that I really liked. Oh, listener David. It, it involves, oh, listener David. Um, oh, listener David. When, sometimes David Lore tries to say things on a podcast, and we refuse. The the uh, teasers they've put out for the Justice League movie, I really like. Nope, 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 nope. Oh my god! I reflexively found myself like almost saying no. I was joining you. We noped, noped mm-hmm. David Good on that one. Um, this is uh, in episode 349. This is sent in by uh, listeners Andrew and Jeff. Um, they both enjoy a moment of um, uncharacteristic tenderness from Mose. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb right now and yeah. go ahead and get, get a little sensitive. Okay. All right, look. We're here for you. All right. All right. Young All right. Mose used to really... Had had a hankering for designing women. Loved it, in fact. All right, so I'm letting you in that, on... I did not on expect a, that. No, you're, you're not supposed to expect it, and because there's a toughened exper- exterior that I that I, I, I perpetrate. Okay? Sure, sure, but you got the soft, you got the soft, uh, creamy, in, oh, inner, yes. inner, inner, I, inner oh. like, like a Cadbury egg. You got a little soft Although, inside. I mean, if, if you had asked me, I would have said... Mose reminds me of Julia Sugarbaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a cr- I've got a creamy nugget. And uh-huh. I don't mind saying, hey, it. hey, whoa, hey, hey. A hey. what? Wow, hey, whoa. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> That's when we learned about Moe's. Um, in episode 360, uh, this is a great moment sent in by listener Nathan. Uh, I, I think it, it, it's, oh, it's Nathan. when we learned something about dwarves. If you listen to the second commentary track, which is the cinematographer <laughs> and Dave Arneson. Dave Arneson is the co-creator of Dungeons & Dragons, along with E. Gary Gygax. Uh, but Gygax got most of the credit for a long time because he kept the company. Uh, it, Dave Arneson's commentary track sounds like it was recorded in about 20 minutes in a cave when he's just <laughs> reading random D&D facts. So the cinematographer will be doing his usual thing. You know, Here's what lens we used here. This is a digital effect. This was a miniature. And then you'll hear an edit and this, this completely different voice say, Doors run on the ground and they're like gold. <laughs> I wish I'd watch. I watched that version. Might have improved my experience. So he's providing the authentic D and D flavor. They like gold. They do. They do. Um, you just watch Batman Forever and the D and D movie in the yes, same year. Did. Yep. And Wizard of Mars. We did. Some oh, of us didn't wow. watch all of those movies. So now, wow. Lister Dan wrote in, um, and I like Lister Dan because oh, Lister Dan, not not Dan Warren. Uh, <laughs> Lister Dan wrote in um, because he noticed something that I bet some people who skip podcast ads and those people do exist. Might have missed <laughs> what? Because we did that can't in episode one, 369. We were talking about Game of Thrones, and there's a one of the most memorable um, sequences in Game of Thrones this year is when a bunch of treasure is being taken back from a, a castle in a series of carts, uh, and it's referred to as the loot train sequence. And we had a strange sponsor in that episode that a lot of people didn't notice. Time for another brief break. Let me tell you about this sponsor. This week's episode is also sponsored in part by Loot Train. <laughs> Loot Train is a box containing gold that you've stolen from High Garden. And now it's time to take it back to, of course, your castle at King's Landing. What do you do? How do you get it there? And the answer is, you ship it on the loot train. Loot trains run from time to time, from place to place. And, uh, you know, there's gold inside, which is pretty great. Also some uh, various vegetables and staples that can be used to fortify your army. And really, loot train is without compare in all of Westeros. The only problem, however, I will warn you, the box is flammable. It can be singed by dragonfire. Loot train. <laughs> For all of your looting needs. A lot of people didn't listen to that. They skipped right over it. They had no idea what they were missing. Yeah. Mm. Moving on to Total Party Kill, episode 100. Uh, listener David wrote in to talk about, speaking of people complimenting themselves, uh, Scott McNulty did that too. All right. Uh, listener Scott, not Scott McNulty, uh, writes in, Mr. Scott, what, was, what is the worst miscalculation you have made as a dungeon master when gauging how strong to make an enemy or group of enemies? I don't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, humble as always, Mr. Scott McKelsey. <laughs> and true. Uh, the last true. clip from a listener, uh, thanks to all the listeners who submitted best of the year clips this year. This is from Game Show episode 54. It was a low-definition episode. You know, there are a lot of disgusting words in low-definition, Steve. I disagree. But the, <laughs> but the, there are some disgusting but words. But the most disgusting, disgusting words in, uh, in low-definition are those that are listener words. 
Uh, this one comes from listener Jason. And uh, the word that listener Jason submitted was this. Feeg. Feeg. F-E-A-G-U-E. Feeg. Please send me your definitions for the word feeg. Wow, all the definitions are in for feeg. Feeg. To insert a live eel into a horse's rectum. <laughs> Family show? <laughs> or a sudden fainting, as probably just happened to most of our listeners. That leaves ooh, Kathy, ooh, who thought that feeg was a sudden fainting. And she was completely incorrect. That was Glenn's answer. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Nobody correctly oh, no. guessed that Feig, as supplied by listener Jason, oh, no. is to insert a live eel. Oh, in my God. Listener Jason. No. And I can now reveal that listener Jason is, in fact, panelist Jason, also known as host Jason. Our Snow. Snow. Oh, oh, my, my God. God. Damn it, Snow. He supplied that word. To... <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. It is. <laughs> That's the last clip. And uh, what a way wow. to go out. That can't be the last clip. Everybody. Wait, there's got to be at least one more under the tree. Oh, God. Wait, I, got, I got one more thing I want to say. The tree which is rapidly rotting since it's, it's been it's very laying brief. fallow for the last week. There's something in the back week. here, Steve. Let me see what happens if I press this button. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no good. <laughs> uh, I just wanted I wanted to throw in one thing, which I forgot to mention, was it was great recently to meet a bunch of incomparable folks. Some of them were on this podcast, so I never That's got to right. meet in person before. I've met many people at different times. David Lohr actually stayed in my house and said, Glenn's kids go to bed. We have a clip of that I can add later. Uh, it was a marvelous moment. Uh, shared with our wonderful <laughs> listeners. But it was great to meet. I know a lot of people, a lot of uh, incomparable folks met each other this year in different parts of the country, and it was great to meet like uh, eight new people here who are on our network. Yes, indeed. And uh, I want to thank everybody who was on the network this year, all the hosts, all the panelists, all the guests, um, all the listeners. We love our listeners. <laughs> we love our yeah. listeners. Thank you for listening. Well, And we love you most of all, those who listen to this incredibly long clip show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is trimmed down to like an hour, right? Oh, Jason, so don't take about an hour. What yeah. kind of uh, New Year's uh, present can I give all of you? And the answer is I can end the show now. So I want to thank my high-quality <laughs> guests who gave us lots of clips. There were a lot of laughs. We learned a lot. We grew. Uh, Erica Ensign, Dan Morin, Monty Ashley, Tony Sindelar, David Lohr, Brian Hamilton, Aline Sims, Steve Lutz, Glenn Fleischman. You don't get to say anything this time. I'm just listing your names. Thanks, all of you, and thanks to the listeners once more. We'll see you uh, in the rest of 2018 with many more new episodes that aren't featuring clips. Goodbye! Goodbye!